Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. You can join Garrett and John. We're back for another one, fellas. This Do you one. practice that? Because I took like four tries before we started this and I could not get it right. <laughs> no. I just, that's just natural. That just comes yes, natural. It's just part of my... Why are you the hardest working man in podcasting? Part of my persona is my silky smooth voice and my ability well, to say words. Well, let's pull it back that's a little true. bit. true. Mark Brown. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys been up to? It's another Sunday. It's really fucking windy outside today. Dude, it's wild out I there. love windy weather. It's my favorite. Well, actually, great trends. I was watch, I watched a movie called Everest. It's not a horror movie. It's about these people who climb Mount Everest. Very fucking windy up there, and I watch people get blown off a mountain. That wow. sounds scary. Uh, yeah, well, it was scary, but not a traditional horror film. Ah, okay. Uh, what did I watch? I watched a lot of movies because I felt bad. I've been coming here every... Anything horror-related? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, every couple of weeks saying, I haven't seen shit. Well, if you need a minute, I was just going to say yeah, that go. the Evil Dead Rise trailer and Bo mm-hmm. is Afraid trailers look fantastic. Bo, I can't wait for Bo both Bo is of Afraid those. is the new Ari Oster film. Right. And you see let that? me tell yes, you... Yes, I watched it when you sent it. Yeah. That trailer looks very interesting. I'm in. It's it's like Michelle Gondry meets Ari Oster. It reminded kind of me in. of like Big Fish. Y'all ever see Big Fish? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton. Like play. a horror Big Fish. Yeah. It's It doesn't feel nearly as like, I'm going to use the phrase in air quotes, elevated horror like his other two <laughs> movies and a little more chaotic. Yeah. Bo, I guess he's going to have some sort of phobias is what I'm getting from I it. I think his mom is immortal. I'm going to I'm gonna spoil my oh. guess. I think his mom's immortal. Okay. And he basically like has been trapped by her and she's made him afraid to go out and do stuff. And like for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I think he gets kidnapped by these people. Hmm. He gets hit and he gets kidnapped. And basically it's like how he, these people kind of like rock his world of what he knows with his mom who might be a demon or might be something else. Okay. Interesting idea. I'm looking forward to it. Go watch that trailer. If you haven't seen it, listeners. And then of course, evil dead rise, evil dead in mm. apartment building. Looks fucking crazy. Amazing. In an apartment building? Yeah. That, okay. I mean, it is. It they is. were on a dock, too, so they do well, leave the apartment building. I think that's the origin. I think we're, that's where it comes from. Uh, I think that's a flashback to where it comes from and how it gets to the apartment. Now, okay. I, I don't know too much about this new one. I, I'm assuming it probably takes place in the same universe. I'd hope so. But it looks like we've got a new Necronomicon. I think this is an origin. An origin story? Because it says, like, the rise of the mother, you know? Like, and it was like it's like, when it comes out of the... When she, that person thing comes out of the water... And it's all like, you have no idea who I am. I think that might be... But it can't be the origin of the Necronomicon, because that thing... Yeah, no, 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 I'm saying like, yeah, this, this demon or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. I dig it. I, I don't know what it is, but awesome is what it looks like. So, I, you know, I try not to get hyped, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty hyped. I don't even like the Evil Dead series, and this trailer looks fucking insane. I'm well, so on board. You like the remake, so you like the franchise. Yeah, I like this. this seems well, more I like the in line remake. I wouldn't say like the franchise because that includes the first three. Well, this one definitely feels more in line with the remake. Oh yes, which is good. I think like the first three were great, but or they were all right. But you couldn't make them now. It wouldn't work. It would not work. They weren't for me. But this this has oh man, this looks. It scary. does work. They did Ash vs. the Evil Dead three seasons of it. It worked. Yeah, boom. So, right. there. Take that, John. <laughs> on television. <laughs> okay. <sure. laughs> on AMC, right? Like, come on. No stars. Oh, Get it right. I was trying to help stars. <laughs> hey, look. If we didn't say Tubi, we're okay. You want to know why it got canceled? Because it was on stars. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> tier three. <laughs> but no, it looks really good. Like I am actually stoked for it. It looks scary as hell. April 
Did I, did I break you guys? No, I was trying to remember the, the release date. I think it comes out in April. So. Okay. It's... We'll be doing that one for sure. So uh, we'll let you know what we think. Ooh, I need to find if we can get like advanced screenings. That'd be neat. I'm yeah. going to work on that. It's going to be a big old April Fool's. It's going to oh, be a South by Southwest. Do you know anybody that can get us in? I actually probably do. Okay. I could probably work my angles on that. Massage that. What if I go see it and come back and be like, it's shit. And you guys are like, I wanted to see it. I wouldn't um, believe you. Yeah, like no, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no, it looks terrifying. I'm really excited about that one. Yeah. Does um, anybody want to talk about how Walking Dead ended and they announced three more series? Wow. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, go home, okay. Walking Dead. You're drunk for the third time. I've tried to get through Walking Dead and I get to season like the end of season four, beginning of season five, and I'm like, I don't care anymore, and I have to stop. I've never seen Negan on screen. <laughs> Me either. I've read the comics, but I've never been able to make it to the Negan saga because I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Just find the clip where he bashes Glenn's face in. Whenever they got kicked out of the jail, that's that. Look, when they put him in Tekken 8, I was like, there we go. That's all <laughs> right. I need. That's all you need. <laughs> I know what he looks like now, so. So yeah, they've, uh, they've wrapped up the original series. They're wrapping up Fear of Walking Dead. They're doing a Michonne and Is Rick spinoff. tied to the real Walking Dead? Like, is it it's a separate not time frame? It's oh, in the okay. same universe, though. Okay. Um, yeah, they're doing one where uh, Michonne and Rick are doing something in the Walking Dead universe. So I guess they survived the end of the series. Daryl goes to France. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Okay. He wakes, wee up, wee. he wakes up in France going, why am I here? Where's my motorcycle? Well, they put him in a box and ship him? Yeah. I don't UPS, know. Like, <laughs> yes, that's what. FedEx or White Pass the Zombies. That's how you travel in the future. Oh, wow. Uh, and then there was one other one. A Walking Dead spinoff starring Maggie and Negan called The Walking Dead Dead City. Maggie and Negan? Yes. Wait, so they become a couple or something? I guess. Wasn't Maggie like hooked up with Glenn? Yeah. Yeah. How does one go to dating the person who killed your husband? Well, it doesn't say here that they're together. It just says Maggie. Maybe a hostage situation. I don't know. But you're right. Yeah. He killed Glenn, who is more or less her love of her life. They were married. They were husband and wife, bro. Did they get married? I don't know. It was zombie marriage. I mean, is it legal? Who knows? (laughs) So anyway, uh, that's what we think of The Walking Dead. Fuck The Walking Dead. (laughs) Go home. Well, speaking of good TV, because I'm not a big TV person, but I uh, started watching that Cabinet of Curiosities. Mm -hmm. Banger. That shit is rad. This solves our problem with so much horror. You know what would be good if this was like a 45 minute short? Bam. They cracked the fucking code. These have been fantastic. I've yet to see one that I haven't like just dug. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. The last last one I saw was the Crispin Glover one. Great actors, great production value. The stories are very unique and interesting. Some of them have a lot of similarities at times, but um, also a billion references to H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, um, Yeah, there's like two episodes uh, that like are back to back too. They should have spaced those out some that are basically just Lovecraft based on a Lovecraft story. And I was like, okay, all right. The alien autopsy one was good. I love that that one. Wait till you get to the one with the paintings. That's the one that. That's um, the Crispin Glover. Oh, that's the Crispin Glover. Yeah, the painting one was all right. I I mean, really, it started off so strong. I think maybe the first one is my favorite. Uh, What was the first one? A storage room. Oh yeah, the storage the, locker. The demon and all that. With that was uh, the guy dope. who was in Scrugs or whatever on Netflix. The guy from um, Oh Brother. Yes. Um, yeah. Can't remember that guy's actor's name. That but, guy's cool. But they got a bunch of rad actors in this too. Um, I really like the one with the uh, the replacement body thing. The the goop. Oh, the, with the, the, the wannabe stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, that was a too. great episode. Love that. Yeah, I hope it gets another season. It was very well done. Same, but it's Netflix. So because everyone likes it, they will cancel it and order 17 more Wednesday series. Hey, I hear Wednesday's pretty banger. I'm sure it is, but come on. Give us a variety. It was good, but yeah. 
Tim Blake Nelson. That's the guy you're thinking. Tim of. Blake Nelson. So anyway, if you haven't, if you like horror, check out Cabin Curiosities. And I'll, I'll be honest, they do not shy away. This is not your like, you know, mm-hmm. made for TV shit. There is mad gore. There is creepy, visu- creepy visuals. There's nudity. There's drug use. I mean, rats. Yeah. Lots of rats. There, Did y'all there see the weird rats. hippie one? Yeah. They, yeah. That one was my least favorite. That was my least favorite as well. I don't know but, if I saw that one yet. Uh, You're not there yet. Hmm, okay. I think it's in the, like maybe the second to last episode. Yeah. Anyway, I won't spoil it, but anyway, Captain Curiosities, check that shit out. Shout out to Guillermo de Toro for helping make that a possibility. Well, speaking of things that are curious mm. in our cabinets, the new Garrett. Curious George movie's coming out. No, I'm just kidding. Garrett, we're doing Sleepaway Camp from yes, 1983, which is... we are. At your request, if I'm not mistaken, a birthday request at that. It is my birthday request. Yeah. I love this fucking film. You've been wanting to do this <sighs> one for a while. Yes, I have. And yeah. John just keeps giving me the, the, the <laughs> eat shit eye every time. Well, oh, I'm going to find some real shitty early 2000s movie... And, uh, no, we've been doing them. <laughs> we've been we've, doing them. We haven't done a single shitty early 2000s movie. <laughs> hey, we're going to do sick. Wait till I make you do House of Wax, all right? Oh, boy. The remake? Hell yeah. Okay. Paris Hilton? Serially insane clown killer? Yeah, sick is coming, y'all. Paris Hilton? So, yeah, it was in House of Wax. Oh. She dies, and that was like the big marketing thing, because this was like the peak of her fame when it came out. Oh. I forgot Ooh. she was famous. Uh, Yeah, get back to your early 2000s. She was no, in I'm the good. Simple I think I'm going to pass. And, well, anyway, Sleepaway Camp. Can we please talk about this movie finally after five years of doing this podcast? What is it about this one, Garrett? Out of all of the 80s films that we could possibly watch and have done, mm-hmm. that this makes your number one pick, I'm assuming. Well, before, ladies and gentlemen, get yourself something to eat, make a drink, sit down, enjoy yourself, really soak this episode in because we are about to get into peak 80s horror. It's got, it's are got, we yes it's got everything it's got campy bad acting it's got a basic camp plot it's got some pretty gruesome kills um not like you know of like, the two that you see on camera I there's suppose. some pretty rowdy kills in this one there is um short shorts galore there was a there was a cloth shortage in the 80s everyone's wearing the shortest shorts possible and half shirts. You know how like so many people complain about all the female nudity and sexualization mm-hmm. of them in movies. Well, this is the opposite of that. It's all dudes. This has shortest- batch on batch on batch. <laughs> right. Ladies, this is a little something for you, right? Yeah, I was shocked. Not a single pair of boobs and almost you got close, but I was like, wow, way to go. 80s, man. Like whoever made this mm-hmm. film. Way to go. 80s. What <laughs> <laughs> you decade you. <laughs> uh, but then I saw the shirt that the counselor was wearing uh, G, Giorgio, Gary whatever the fuck his name was that goes right below his nipples that's all it covers it covers from his collarbone to his nipples yeah so like that's you can it. breathe you know <laughs> did not need some people breathe. cut sleeves off some people cut the bottom half of the shirt off Oof. it's a choice get to the belly button at least <laughs> they're called crop tops that's the official term of that kind of shirt and apparently unbeknownst to us it was okay for dudes to wear it I don't know if it was well, okay. It was a thing. Let's make a compromise. Ladies, if y'all let low-rise jeans come back in style for you, we will start rocking the crop tops for men. Look, I prom- absolutely nothing anybody wants to see <laughs> yeah. more than my hairy beer gut hanging out from the yes. fucking crop top. I promise I will not wear a crop top. <laughs> That's uh, my guarantee. That's the grave talk guarantee. We are not going to bring back That's the crop That's our first top. TikTok videos, uh, us in crop tops. Uh, oh, boy. Um, anyway. I'd sooner wear fucking Daisy Duke shorts like these dudes than I fucking crop top yeah this movie has a, a really fun surprise ending i mean maybe problematic in certain aspects but it was Is a it really fun <laughs> it, it, at the time it was like whoa i didn't see that coming okay. that's totally crazy it's just really it's just a good fun 80s slasher flick 
And I love the fact that it's so bad and has found such an amazing audience. And, I, and it, you know, it's just become this huge, huge, like kind of cult thing. And I love the fact that everyone involved with it is so like still heavily involved in the horror community. Uh, Felissa Rose is still massively involved. Uh, she does stuff with like, you know, Joe Bob and the, the events and man, it's just, it's rad. It's interesting to have seen this one kind of come from the cult status into this like celebration that it's gotten over the last decade, because nobody talked about this in the early two thousands or nineties. Like it was not a thing. This is one of the early ones that I saw yeah. and I could never remember what it was called. And then when it finally was brought back up to me, I was like, Oh my God, that's the name of it. The VHS box is pretty iconic. It was the knife going into the sneaker. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yep. boy. That was one I'd always seen in, in going to VHS rental tape store. Yes, what do they call it? Thank video you. store. The yep. video store. <laughs> um, and I think I even remember the second one even more because it was like a very low budget photo with a girl with a backpack with a Freddy glove That's and a Jason mask in Pamela the backpack. Pamela Springsteen. That's Bruce Springsteen's daughter. Oh, really? She was in part two and part three. Yes. They switched out the character of Angela. Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, God. I Those are like unofficial sequels, by the way. They're not like officially licensed. Sleepaway Camp 2 is bad. Oh, yeah. Two and three <laughs> are really bad. I, I can't even imagine, but... Uh... Well, imagine. Uh, I'm going to choose not to. No, stop and imagine. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm imagining okay. a movie worse than this one somehow. <laughs> oh, now, this boy. one actually wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm playing my part of shitting on it, but actually I did not hate this movie as much you, as some you, other ones. Earlier and oftentimes you're like, oh, I hate these bad 80s movies, blah, blah, blah. We keep pointing out that you love Death Spa. Yeah, okay, you, you found two of them that I like out of the 50,000 Night of the Demons. Done. No, I'm just kidding. That's a 90s one, though, isn't it? Or late 80s. That was late 80s. It was 88. Okay, well. Night of the Creeps. I don't remember that one. The one with the slugs, Tom Atkins. Oh, Thrill me, yeah. baby. Well, I like Tom Atkins, all right? The good news is your dates are here. The bad news is they're dead. Yeah. If this movie had <laughs> Tom Atkins, I'd like it better. That'd be great. He's every trying to figure this out. No, Tom Atkins would make every movie better. Yes. It's true. Uh, well, this one was written by and directed by Robert Hiltzik. And this one stars Felissa Rose as Angela, Jonathan Tiersten as Ricky, Karen Fields as Judy, Christopher Collette as Paul, Mike Kellen as Mel, Catherine Cammy as Meg, Paul D'Angelo as Ronnie. Pretty sure that's the guy with the that's, crop top. Yeah. That's a crop mm, top. Ronnie, yeah. Also, there was a crop shot. He had a crop top that had pointed collars too. And I was like, man. Yes. Well, when you need to go somewhere fancy. <laughs> I have a sleeveless tux or a sleeveless suit. Yeah. You never know. You, you know? never know. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, that's whatever. Why, that's where I wore it to a wedding. <laughs> yeah. We should have a crop top rental service. Oh, yeah. You know. Crop tops are us. All right. Thomas E. Vandell as Mike, Loris Duran as Billy, John E. Dunn as Kenny, Willie Cuskin as Mozart, Desiree Gould as Aunt Martha. Fucking That's the mom. Aunt yep. Martha. Fucking what a what character. A God, I can't wait to talk about Aunt Martha. Is there anybody else that we need to mention? No. And honestly, you didn't have to mention half those people. <laughs> what did uh, Robert Woodwicky go on to do? Robert Hilton, Robert oh, Hiltzik. 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 Nothing. He did, this, he did a sequel to this in 2012. Oh. Called Return to Sleepaway Camp. You know, I respect that. My man had one idea, and it has been eaten away at him since he was a kid, and he's like, I'm going to make this fucking movie. Well, there was a, okay, so if, if I remember the story correctly, um, Mark, hold on real quick. Give us a Rotten Tomato score real fast. Yeah. Okay, well, Mark's looking that up because he's not prepared. Yeah. I'll Way go, go ahead and talk Mark. About it. No, so basically, something else up. two and three were made, and then like everyone's like, oh, no, those are trash. They don't have anything to do with the story, and everyone know what happened to like a lot of these characters. And so Robert Hilsick, and I think... One of the actors, maybe the kid who played Ricky, I can't remember who it was, were like, yo, let's let's make the, the official sequel. So they make Return to Sleepaway Camp, which is actually the continuation of the characters after part one. Okay. Two and three never exist. I, I dig it. And then someone made a fan film called Judy, 
which is about what Judy's up to after all that stuff. I can assume just being a total fucking prick to everybody it's she meets. It's filmed on like Handycam. It's terrible. I yeah. tried to watch it. It's just pure garbage. Mm. They all can't be Never Sleep Again. No. What was that? Never Hike Again? Never Hike Alone? You know what I'm talking about, Mark. Don't touch the cheese. Never hike alone. Never hike alone. There you go. You're talking yeah. about the Friday the 13th thing? Yes, because yeah. that's fan-made. That one is really good. Yeah. But anyway. I was trying to look up because, yeah, there's Sleepaway Camp for the Survivor. There's Return to Sleepaway Camp, which is number three. And then Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. There are many survivors. Oh, I hope the survivor follows Ronnie because now he owns a Sleepaway Camp and he plays the creepy owner. That'd be, uh, I've got a whole movie. Does he already. own the Sleepaway Camp? Do you think that's what happened when Mel gets his comeuppance? Yeah, because now. He just passes the next in charge. Ronnie's probably the same age Mel was in the original maybe, Sleepaway maybe. Camp now, so. <laughs> See, what's confusing is there's also a Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland. Yes. The, so two and three, so Sleepaway like Camp 2, Unhappy Campers, Whoa. Sleepaway 3, um, Teenage Wasteland. Those are the two with Pamela Springsteen. Right. Those are the ones that were made like back to back or whatever. Now, the other ones. Four and five. I don't know about four. I don't know about four. I, I don't remember that okay. one at all. Four is called The Survivor, directed by Jim Markovic. Yeah, that's an unofficial BS thing. Oh, so okay. it's Sleepaway Camp by Robert Hiltzik. Yeah. Return to Sleepaway Camp by Robert Hiltzik, and uh -huh. everything else is just unofficial BS. Okay. Right. Some has the same characters, you know, like Angela is the, the lead character in two and three Unhappy Campers and Teenage Wasteland. But again, completely, it, it kind of like uh, loses its connected, but it's not. I would not know there was such a, a Sleepaway Camp extended universe. Different continuities. And we could put this on Worst in Show. It's got enough. Oh, that's true. Except it's not all part of a real franchise, mm. so I don't think we can count that. Yeah, it's not. They're not all in Sleepaway Camp 616. Some of these are different. Don't you bring 616 <laughs> into this, sir. <laughs> anyway, so Sleepaway Camp. Rotten Tomato score. Mark, take us home. John, you want to take a stab? Yes. Audience score, like 75%. Uh, critic score, I think I said 12%, so I'm going to stick with that. Wrong. On both <laughs> counts. 81% with the critics. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and a 60% with the audience. Woo. I'm, I'm guessing the critic score Don't is Don't even guess. Just accept, just accept reality. By late reviews that have, like retrospective reviews. Just accept reality, sir. It is out of 27 critical yeah. reviews, so who knows. Uh, 10,000 plus on the audience side of things, so quite a few people. I assumed the audience would like it, so I guess... Uh, I aimed a little high there, but I knew it would be high. This one's shot on a $350,000 budget and brought in $11 million. Whoa. So, not bad. Success. Good job for you. Uh, Felissa Rose was paid 5000 bucks for this role, evidently. Hmm. Well, that's something. I don't, <laughs> know that, I don't know if that was good or bad back then. Yeah, but it's 1983 money, so that's like, I don't know, seven, 800000 now? She wasn't old enough to see the movie when it came out. I was going to say, was she like 13? Yeah, I think that's what she was. Wow. Or something like that. Yeah, so she was the... She's one of the actors or the actresses that was that was cast young, and uh, she was too young to see the movie when it came out. I'm sure she saw it, but she couldn't go to the theater and see it legally. Well, here's what the back of the Betamax has to say Ooh. about Sleepaway Camp. Throw me. It does not say that. <laughs> Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very... This box is different. This one is written like a handwritten note. Ooh. At the top, it says, the camp's activity for today, dot, 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 murder. <laughs> I would not go to that camp if that was the activity. Definitely not. I would choose not to participate. <clears throat> Dear mom and dad, you've got to get me out of here right away. There's a crazed killer on the loose and kids are being scared to death and a girl was brutally stabbed while taking a shower and nobody is doing anything about it. You're peaceful, perfect place to meet girls ha what? 
has become a slaughtering ground for a bloodthirsty murdering monster. Wait a minute. I think I can hear someone coming up from bloodstain line drawn off the paper. Okay. <laughs> All I heard through that whole thing is that like the, the hello mutta. I thought hello, yes. Fada. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's safe. You can actually play that in the background of your thing. That's All right, maybe oh, I man. will. When he went also he goes, you got to cut in from Monty Python or like if he was dying, he wouldn't bother to carve arg. You just say it. So well, that's pretty good actually. I kind of like that. Now I have a secondary box I want to read to you cuz this was re- the re-release from Anchor Bay in the 2000s. Okay. Okay. Because one of our favorite phrases makes an appearance. Oh, oh, oh man. Unimaginable ter- horror? Nope. Okay. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm just going to wait. I'm not even going to guess. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to let it wash over me. Okay. Welcome to Camp Arawak, where teenage boys and girls learn to experience the joy of nature as well as each other. <laughs> wow, they really lean into the sex on this. All right. But when the happy campers begin to die in a series of horrible accidents, they discover that someone or something has turned their summer of fun into a vacation to dismember. Love it. Has a dark secret returned from the camp's past or will an unspeakable horror end the season forever? We could end the episode. I'm happy. <laughs> from its, love unspeakable horror. From its grisly special effects to the truly shocking climax, Sleepaway Camp is no ordinary body count movie. See for yourself why this killer thriller spawned two sequels and became one of the most surprising horror hits of the 80s. Mm. Wow. The new Scream Factory like Blu-ray has a very different background. It's just very matter of fact about the plot. Yeah. Who gets to get the job of, hey, rewrite that one? Yeah. Hey, rewrite this for the re-release. Maybe it's by request. What I like about the Betamax one is it, apparently this kid was writing after the events of the movie happened. True. Mm-hmm. So Angela must have... oh. Sorry. The killer. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie in 30, 40 years, 40 years, 40 years, I'm sorry. I'm you sorry. I haven't seen this movie. Yeah, so I, don't, I, don't I have. Judge. I've seen it twice before this time. This is my third time watching this. You travesty. didn't see this before we started the podcast, though, right? He did. Yeah. Oh, did you? No, back in the 2012s. Way back in the 2012s, yeah. we did a double feature of this in Halloween 3. Yep. Okay. So, so yes, uh, I've seen this travesty many times. But <laughs> this unspeakable horror. Go uh, ahead. Get it all out now, John, because I'm, I'm just put you in your place you in a minute. Uh, I didn't, you know what? I already forgot where I was going with. Oh, right. Of course you did. Angela somehow escaped and then continued killing uh, at the end of the movie. So that's so great we've just know. resigned to basically spoiling the whole plot. Line it's a 40 year old movie. Y'all. I don't, I'm not, holding we haven't back. even got into the first part of the script and this is what we're going to do. Okay. Is there anything on that Blu-ray you wanted to bring up? No, not really. It, it literally just takes a very different approach. It's all like, you know, like when such and such and such happens, they go, you know, so-and-so lives, lives with aunt Martha Aunt mm. Martha sends them to camp. And then some crazy shit happens. Like it's very much just like very, um, it's interesting because they like really went like pomp and circumstance on the other one. And this one's more just kind of like your standard generic, like little hints of things, but not giving away too much. I will also add, if you've ever seen any movie and can't tell that Angela's the killer right away, you're not paying attention. All right, we get it. Hammer it home. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not that much of a spoiler. The real twist we'll get to, but... Well, let's just say that I think the movie wants you to take the uh, opinion that it could be either Angela or Ricky. Yeah. The movie starts leading pretty heavily halfway through that it's Ricky. Yeah. Too heavily to make me think like, oh, there's no way. And then, no, we'll get there, but... Poor, poor Ricky. 
<laughs> Boric, <laughs> indeed. Well, I think this movie is a fantastic watch. I think if you are looking for some B-movie schlock, it doesn't get much schlockier than this, especially schlock if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Schlock and loaded. Schlock and loaded. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Garrett, when was the first time you saw this one? Oh, it had to be, I want to say late 90s. I definitely was like, you know, coming out of the teenage years. Again, this is, I still wasn't watching horror movies at the time. I so was, you saw it before Y2K? Yes, I saw it before Y2K. Okay. That's and how I live my life. That's what scared me. <laughs> that's what scared me about Y2K when I saw this film. I was like, oh no, this is real. Um, Everything no. that became before Y2K and then after. That's how I segment my life. I saw this movie. I was like, wow, that was insane and could not remember what it was. And then it was years later. It would come up in conversation. And I'd be like, oh, I know what movie you're talking about. And I could not remember what it was or I'd forget the title of it. And then I think it was when How Did This Get Made did their episode and like really dove into it. I was like, holy shit, that's that movie. And mm. I remember like really sitting down and like tracking it down and like getting a copy. And man, that was awesome. It was tough when you would see stuff on television randomly and you wouldn't know what it was called. You know, they wouldn't tell you in between the commercial breaks sometimes what the hell you were watching. And that'd be the last time you'd see or think of it for like 15, 20 years. You'd see part of it at a friend's house. Yeah. The, you know the movie Toys with Robin Williams? Sure. That happened to me. I go to my grandparents' house and then like they had HBO and I catch the end of the, the fight scene, the mm -hmm. creepy ass like military fight scene. And I did not know what that movie was for years and years and years. And I finally watched it one day and I was like, oh, this is that movie that fucked me up as a kid. <laughs> that so. one scene in Toys. Man, it was it was wild. But yes, that's kind of how this movie went with me. I probably didn't see this one until the hype, like uh, probably when Shout Factory re-released it on Blu-ray, mm. probably in the 2010 to 2015 yeah, or around something then. like that. Um, I was happy to see it because I'd heard so many things about it by the time it come out. Like you said, how did this get made? Talked about it and it was a really great episode they did. I um, can't say that I'd recommend anything past the first one, though. No, the rest are absolute garbage. Yeah. Return to Sleepaway Camp is kind of fun. And it is like a, they, they really do try to kind of lead into like, you know, we're, we're, we're putting effort and money into this, but it is a, a kind of a, a smaller budget type situation. And, um, I didn't think the plot was that good, but yeah, this, I, I consider this a standalone movie at this point. Smaller budget than 300,000. <laughs> Damn. It felt like a fan film that had like a little bit of extra crowdfunding. Where would you guys put this in the pantheon of camp movies? Definitely up there. The acting alone, the, the acting and the dialogue alone is just amazing well, i can only think of two other ones the so, burning yeah the burning friday and the friday 13th, 13th 1 through 12 yeah so <laughs> i mean somewhere below like above the back half of friday the 13th but below the front half would i where would i put it compared to the burning though because the burning is really boring i mean there is some great like character stuff at the beginning yeah. but like the burning has no good lead up and build up to the end it's just like oh no but the best thing about the burning is that that guy sleeps covered in kerosene or something so i mean <laughs> well, he sleeps next to that can and it falls on him yeah yeah and then he just goes up like cropsy point burning has a better intro than this does oh, by oh yes a mile and a half oh, so yeah. bored the first five minutes of this movie is just panning over trees we, we get to see it we, oh, yes okay we do <laughs> With, with the kids playing do stuff at camp and a Ugh. really creepy, like, orchestrated um, soundtrack. This is the scariest credit crawl music I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life. Man, my heart was palpitating. I was like, what's going to happen? Oh, no, it's starring him. It's More so intense. It's Who edited so this? Intense. Oh, I'm spooked. <laughs> I also featuring. Whew. But you're right. It's like just serene backdrops <laughs> yes. of a lake and nice forested trees and mountains. Like, dun -a, dun -a, dun -a, dun -a, dun -a. And you're like, oh, my God. Well, uh, before that, we also get the dedication. 
to right. his mom. A doer. <laughs> We'd like to dedicate this episode to all of our moms who may or may not have been doers. You want to say, say anything about your mom? Uh, she's a doer. Okay. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> Evidently, she passed away and like the money that he inherited from that like is what allowed him to make all this right. movie. Well, that's sweet. But yeah, come on, man. A doer. That's the best. It's a got? weird movie to dedicate to your mom. Also that. So it opens on a lake. It does. And I, you, don't worry, John. I'm going to Sherpa you through this, okay? I, uh, yeah, actually, I could use... Thank you, by the way. Sherpa. You I picked what? it I up. I got you, man. Uh, I could no, use, he picked you up. Oh. Boom. And you know what? When there was no footprints, Jesus was carrying <laughs> Garrett was carrying you through the movie. Uh, uh, all praise use, be unto me. I could use some sherpa because this I don't understand a lot about this lake scene. Primarily how this accident even happens. Well, but, I'll tell you. Here's okay. how it happened. Negligence. <laughs> You've got a gal on a boat who wants to steer the boat, who's never steered a boat ever in her life while someone's skiing on the back. And the guy goes, yeah, all right. right. There's half of your accident okay. right there. And then they're like, the guy is just like, rule number one of driving a boat, never look forward. <laughs> At all times, you want to look behind you. That's the critical part of driving. So there's a boat, there's a boat of campers and they're, they're water skiing and they're going through the lake. And then, then there's another boat, a little schooner type thing, a little skim type thing uh, with a father and two kids. And at some point, the kids decide to walk up and push the dad overboard, which tips the whole boat over, which I'm sorry, if your boat can be tipped over that easily, you got to reevaluate what kind of boat you've got. It's got a real buoyancy problem. Well, no, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That, that That's what's going to happen if everyone goes to one side of the boat. The real question is, why did everyone decide to walk to the front of this boat? Because they're kids. They're stupid. Yeah, I guess also these kids had the strongest New York accent that I've ever heard. Holy shit. about it. I was like, wow, these kids are like straight out of the mud of New Jersey. <laughs> that's you know what's funny? One of the kids, I don't remember what actor is in this movie, is is the older brother of Mike the Situation from Jersey Shore. Clearly. And yeah, I don't know, yeah. I don't know what actor it is, but like someone in this movie is the older brother of Mike the like, Situation. Dude, did somebody tell these kids they're in Goodfellas? What's <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> hey Dad, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I, I that I that in was my so, neighborhood. We went skiing. This is so astonishing. I wrote that as a note. I was like, I don't know what I'm hearing, but this is awesome. So these the, the kids and the, the dad fall into the water. And um, there's another guy on the beach and he's like, hey, Tommy, let's go in. The, de- the doc's going to be here soon. So they're doing their thing. And as you said, the campers have now switched places and this untrained, unprofessional like camper is now steering the boat. And she's yelling back at her skiing friend who is screaming at them, stop the boat, you gotta turn! And they can't hear, they're like, all the humanity! <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> oh, don't screams. even get me started. Yeah, so they, they freak out when they see the, the kids in front of them in the water, and instead of stopping, he accidentally hits the throttle and it speeds up, launches over the, the kids, the dad, and the boat. Which was really close to the shore. If you notice how close it was, you're oh, like, yeah. man, they would have just ground themselves. That immediately. boat would have, yeah, just straight onto the shore. So the kid also at any point they could have just gone once Prometheus School of Running away. They could have gone left or right, but instead, Dad's like, everyone get closer so we can all get run over together. <laughs> Let's hide behind the boat. <laughs> yeah, uh, or they could have just dived. Yeah, really, so many options besides die, but they chose death. <laughs> so the boat just so you've chosen death. runs over these people, and you see a shredded uh, life jacket and the uh, the dad floating upside down in the water. So you you get the idea that the kids were fucked up and the yeah. dad is dead. This probably is a budget problem, but the dad just looks like he like died. He like fainted basically. He's just face <laughs> down in the water, no blood, nothing. He just died of oh broken heart. Princess Leia style. Oh, no, sorry, Queen Amidala style. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened. <laughs> 
Well, this um, is the point though when the, the girl who was water skiing is all like, somebody do something. Uh, She's like witnessing Auschwitz happening. She is minutes. freaking the <laughs> yes. fuck out. It's incredible. It goes on for so It's just the camera fixates on her face. And somebody like, helped her. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, wow. <laughs> And that that intensity is what everyone is going to bring to this movie the entire fucking time. Except for Felissa Rose, who plays a docile eggplant through the entire movie. Dude, she's the best far away. <laughs> docile eggplant? I've never heard it referred to as that. That's the first time and probably the last. Okay. I like it. She's the best actress in this movie, though, by like two miles. By two miles. Two miles. <laughs> She's laughing these other, these other actors. Her staring blankly into the camera, no, that is the acting? she does a good so job. So according to the trivia, like her audition was the director basically saying, like, I want you to stare at me silently and pretend to eat a candy bar. He like made her do things like in complete silence while staring vacantly like she does in this movie. And that was supposedly her audition. Well, the vacancy- I'm not saying she does a bad job at the staring blankly, but the fact that you think that she's two miles ahead of everybody <laughs> Well, that's else. one, speaks to how bad everybody else is. But two, when she switches it on and off, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Like, she glows up a little bit. She and- really does. She really does. She actually is really good in this for a yeah. child actor. I mean, she's, you know, she's not, I can't think of any, she's no Marlon Brando, but for this movie, she, she's, she is. Marlon Brando always <laughs> had the accent. No. Yeah. She's the Marlon Brando of Sleepaway Camp, all right? Right. There you go. I'll, I'll allow it. After the accident. Eat shit and live, Bill. <laughs> yes, that was great. Oh, that was amazing. Um, That's my best Marlon Brando. That Perfect. was really good. That was really good, Mark. Um, so we cut to the scene where basically um, Aunt Martha, who we also know as mom, Ricky, Angela. In my opinion, this lady's acting two miles ahead of everybody else because she's on another fucking plane. She <laughs> is fucking bananas. Did they pull her off of like a like a chocolate bar commercial? They're like, okay, come on over here real quick. Just... She escaped from an insane asylum. Yeah. No, no, that she won't should not do. have custody of kids. Is all I'm saying. Look what I did. I packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride up to camp. Wasn't that nice of me? Any chips? Why, of course. I believe there's a whole bag. Whoa. Yeah. She ties a fucking <laughs> string no, 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 to no, her that's finger. That's my favorite part. She's like, I'm forgetting something. What? It, I know I, oh, I tied a string around my finger to remember. And then she like loses her mind and stares at it. And the kids are like, also, she's a fucking doctor. Bro, if would I. Would you ever take advice from this woman if you had her as a doctor? I would go every month <laughs> because I want to see what performance is coming out of her next. Imagine you're in the ER and she's like, ah. Oh. Broken ribs. No, no, that won't do at all. Like, I'd be so like, fuck, tell me something I don't know, lady. Like, we have to go in. I tied a ring, a string around my finger yeah. to remember what was next. I wonder what it was. Oh, yes, the scalpel. That's what uh, I forgot. Yeah. She's a surgeon leaving shit inside you, getting the, the wrong leg amputated. Like, no, she's thank playing you. operation next yes. to you, like practicing. Yeah, so basically, she gives them their physicals. She's like, don't tell anybody how you got them. And it's like, okay. And Ricky is just like, well, did we say that we fast forwarded? since the yes, boat accident. It's eight years now, yeah, right? The, so. the kids are the kids are a little bit older. Yeah. And one of them is living with um because on the, the boat there's a girl and a boy. 
Okay. Right. There's a girl and a boy. And at this point, we're, we're led to believe that the boy died. Okay. Because the girl is now living with their cousin, Ricky, and his mom. God, how fucked up is Ricky, though, to live with that forever? He seems normal. Because yeah. she says later on, she's like, like well, when your father left, Bob, I'm like, because of the accident? Because we later find out that the father was in a gay relationship with the dude on the boat, the other father of the kids. Right. So the question I'm going to ask you later on is like, what turned our killer into the killer? Like, what well, are we supposed to take away? When I said problematic, this movie has problems as far as like its messaging. This is one of those things. And we'll definitely get into it. But I think yeah. this is one of those things that like very much Buffalo Bill 80s logic of like, you know, if you're this or you have these issues or you deal with this stuff, you're fucked up. Because if you case study Angela and Ricky, one of them is normal. Ricky should be fucked up. Right. Ricky should be the one that's like going nuts. Yes, because yeah. that mother is fucking bananas. <laughs> no, but Ricky's insane. awesome. He's like, he's protective of his cousin. He's like team family. That's my fucking kid sister. You blah, blah, blah. Like, God, I love Ricky. Ricky is, is it for me in this movie. He went steady with Judy last year. He like, did. And have you seen Judy? Yeah. Whoa, John. Supposedly. Have you seen Judy's tits? Uh, yeah, supposedly she's And very that's attractive. my movie. That's not me being super gross. That's like how the movie portrays this out. That's how Paul introduced us to the camp and Judy. Okay, yeah. let's get to the camp. So let's. we have this whole moment and Ricky is just dismissive of his mother like, oh, well, what are you going to do? And Angela, even at this point, is just quiet and mute, as, as you said, a docile eggplant, which I was like, wow, she was messed up even before like dealing with this stuff at camp. So they go to camp, but we cut to these buses showing up and the kids piling off the buses and it is pure chaos. Oh, it's mayhem. It's <laughs> bedlam. It's just screaming in both directions. Kids <laughs> screaming as... The owner, Mel, screams back at him, and I'm just like, what is happening right now? A, There's no order at this camp at it, all. It made me realize, I was like, you know what this camp does, this movie does? It makes you realize that being a camp counselor probably sucks. It's probably a terrible job. It, you would think, but then Mel, the camp counselor, who looks like a fucking little bit younger George Burns, who's he decided to camp. invest in a camp. I know, but I'm yeah. saying, like, he's sitting, he's like... Yeah, Yo, you kids, welcome. He's like so worried he's going to be ruined. He really likes this. That's fair. And I will say, as far as adults in 80s movies go, this is as close to competent adulting as we see. <laughs> are you sure? Well, no, I, I think some of the counselors are more competent. Over in left field, we have the entire <laughs> kitchen staff now just Whoa. drooling and salivating I, over children. James Earl Jones' father talking with um, Artie. I can't remember the actor's name. I should be name. clear. Mel. Just Mel. <laughs> just okay, Mel. Yeah. The, yeah. Yes, you're right. The kitchen staff, as, as Garrett will get to, mm, problematic to say the criminally problematic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bananas what they put on film in regards to this thing. And, and this is just like the real what the fuck of the, of the movie for me is because as these kids are all running to their bunks, we're introduced to Artie, the cook, who's just like rubbing his hands together. And he's, he's like sucking on a piece of string, which is weird, too. He goes, look at these fresh crop of chickens. Back where I come from, we call them baldies. James Earl Jones' daddy be like, oh, Artie, they're so young, they wouldn't even know what you're talking about. And then he's all like, doesn't matter. And I'm like, yo, like out the gate. He Ain't goes no hard. such thing as being too young, Artie says. You're just too old. That's yeah. what he says to James You're Earl Jones' dad. Uh, you could say that it's legitimately James Earl Jones' dad. Yes. yes is that is. correct? Yes, it is legitimately his and dad. And he laughs it off. Yeah. And so is the rest of the cooking staff. Like, oh, Artie, you kidder. Yeah. Oh, Artie, you pedophile. 
Not even three minutes later, he's already got someone cornered in the fucking walk-in yep, cooler. It's Angela. Yeah. 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 And then he walks out fixing his after school. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yes. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, but that's so already. The kids have just decided it's like, you know, Lord of the Flies here. And the, the adults are just like, what are you going to do? And um, they're already planning on fucking these kids. Mel's trying to, <laughs> Mel's trying to like figure out what he's going to do. The camp counselors are like, you over there, you over there. And they, they're not listening. And then at this point, Angela and um, Ricky get off the bus and they're like, oh, hey, you know, this is where the boys camp is. This is where the girls bunks are. And that's when Paul runs up and he's like, hey, you know, Ricky, how's it been? You know, have you seen Judy? Wah, 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 boom. And, um, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. Paul then, is a kid, but he also lived in the 40s. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Ricky goes to Angela. He's like, oh, Judy is the girl I went steady with last year. I'll introduce you. You guys are probably being the same bunk. And then he sees Judy and he goes, hey, Judy. Judy's talking to, and Judy's what, maybe 15, yeah, maybe tops. 16 at this point. She's talking to 23 to 24 year old camp counselors, and they are flirting hard. Now, as two people that went to camp, because I never did, mm -hmm. did you go to camp to fuck? No. Is that where you went to lose your virginity? No. In fact, the camp that I went to was very segregated, boys and girls sections mm. across the campus. They We didn't intermingle. Yeah. The only sleepaway camp I ever went to was a Catholic one, so there was no fucking. If you watch, I imagine a lot of fucked up shit that happens in Catholic camp. Well, though. I wasn't aware of any of that fucked <laughs> okay. up shit, and there was no, as far as I was aware of, no fuck. No fucks there was a happened. Lot of, there was a lot of arties, not a lot of Pauls. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you watch more competent camp films, such as Heavyweights, you'll see that it is boy and girls segregated and they might have a dance later but i see your heavyweights and raise you salute your shorts they were always intermingling i do mm. miss the we're gonna creep across the lake to the girls camp remember that that yeah. was a big thing in the 80s right okay well it looks like there's no rules it's yes. just whatever you want <laughs> it's pure goddamn <laughs> chaos so um judy uh, basically blows ricky off he's like hey how's it going and she kind of just goes huh like just and goes back to forty with these old men. Well, not old men, because I, I will clarify because there was an old man that hooks yes. up with a counselor later. Um, she goes back to flirting, and then he goes, "What a bitch!" And well, it's like again, this is what we first see Ricky go from zero to a hundred instantly, and that is his entire speed. Ricky has no middle ground. That's everyone's speed in this movie. Yes, yes. But, true. Look, in Ricky's defense. Judy is a bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Judy learns a valuable lesson this summer. Uh, in <laughs> one that, she'll never recover from. Well, besides that one, that looks only going to take besides you. Besides that one. Looks only going to take you so far because many people are like, you know what, Judy? Never mind. Uh, I think I've had enough of you and you're just constant parade of terrible, mean insults. I kind of want to see what Judy was like the year before. Was she a nice person? Hard and then she grew some tits and became the biggest queen bee of the fucking camp. No, I think if you're like that, you are always it's right under the surface. I don't know. I mean, who knows? The point is, is Judy is acting very stuck up. Yeah, she's real Regina. Has George. she, has she reached, reached bitch status? I don't know. Hmm. I don't want to judge in that aspect, but she has become really stuck up. She's too good for Ricky. So anyway, they all go to their camps. She they're, wishes they're, she was good ooh, enough for Ricky. Okay, damn. <laughs> you think this is all an insecurity thing? Uh, okay, got it. Look, so, they're all kids. They're all insecure. When you're 14 years old or however old these these kids are, like anywhere between 13 and 16 tops, they're just little bundles of insecurity. So fair, fair. Yeah. Um, so at this point, they go get settled in their, their bunks and stuff like that, and then we cut to the mess hall where they're doing their little like sound off for each like bunk and they had their own dumb little phrases and stuff like that. And Angela's just not eating. And I don't remember at this point if it's, um, 
who who starts picking with them, but when the council comes over and is like, hey, what's the matter, Angela? You're not hungry? Ronnie comes over. Yeah. And they're like, he hasn't he hasn't eaten in three days, so we must have fast forwarded three days. Yeah, he must have, yeah, it's a jump or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. And he's like, Oh, it's all right, Angela. I'll take you back to the mess hall. Yeah. And we'll get you we'll get you something else that you'll you'll like to eat. And that's when we go back into the back, into the kitchen. Artie takes Angela back into the cooler. And he doesn't even wait. Hold on. He doesn't even wait to get to the cooler before he's a fucking creep. He's like, oh yeah, he leans down into her face. He's like, let's go to the walk-in. There's always something good to eat in the walk-in. You never know what you're going to find yeah. in the walk-in. It's uh, like, oh, bro. Dude, just, ugh. This is day two of camp, maybe. Dude, but it, what's it? Zero to a hundred. Everyone is a hair trigger away from just doing some fucked up shit in this movie. <laughs> How long has Camp Arawak been open? And how many sexual harassment and rape lawsuits does this thing go through? It doesn't matter because Mel's going to brush it all off. Mel like mind wipes the cop like a Jedi later on. He's <laughs> incredible. like, the kid drowned. He's like, I don't know about that. He's like, he drowned. And you're just like, God damn, dude. It was an accident. Oh, the yeah. humanity. <laughs> it's like, I, so, I remember this kid being a strong swimmer. He's like, you remember nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much hand wave. Yeah. But you know um, what I'm saying? Like Artie has probably abused multiple kids at this point. He's the head chef of for how long at this camp? Yeah, unfortunately. He's, this is like day three. Artie deserves everything he got yes. in this movie. Yeah. So let's get to that. So but he goes back into the walk-in. But to your point, Mark, unfortunately, these things can go on for a long time. Sorry to bring it down, but... Yeah, let's right. not get too far into that aspect of it. All right, let's 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 keep this, you know... Family-friendly. Somewhat. Family-friendly horror <laughs> podcast. Let's keep, it, let's keep it in a positive note here. So anyway, Artie goes back in the freezer and then immediately like says like, okay, cool, here you go. Just starts undoing his pants. No lead up, no nothing. And out of nowhere, Ricky walks in and he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Because again, zero to 100 for Ricky. Fair point in this aspect. In this case, because yeah, he's yeah. unbuckled his pants. I get Artie it. He grabs him, slams him. He's like, you didn't see nothing. Do you hear me? You didn't see nothing. So Ricky and Angela run out. Artie comes out. Mel has walked in at this point. The owner of the camp has walked in. He's Artie in walks out buckling his belt after seeing two kids run past. At this point, launch an investigation. Like, done. Mel, you don't need this kind of drama Mel's in your life. Mel's just like, oh, that rascally Artie. Well, he knows, because he, he's, yeah, like, he's like, what was going not? on? And he was like, nothing, nothing at all. And Artie is pissed. Artie's pissed he didn't get to rape. And I was like, dude, you got to calm down, man. And let's be honest, dude, Mel is just as gross as him. Yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah. Artie, because Mel kind of knows. He's like, sure, that's what it was. And you're like, oh, Mel, come on, dude. Get you can together, find Mel. staff, man. So that happens. Now we see Ben and Artie and they're cooking a pot of corn. And this pot is like four feet tall on top of a waist high burner. Very unsafe. There's no OSHA. They have to get a fucking step ladder just or a chair just to get to the top of the pot. Yeah. How do you get the corn out? You don't. <laughs> you, uh, you, 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 well, don't. you you don't. Make you it just to let it die on the yeah. vine. You didn't see the giant ladle that they had. Yeah, one by one, I guess. Uh, it's ridiculous. But this, I was like, look at this person-sized pot. How convenient. Yes, and so he he's out of salt. So he gets pissed off and throws the salt. And he's like, God damn it! Throws <laughs> yeah, the salt down. Ridiculous. Goes and gets more salt. Gets the chair. Gets up on top of it, and um, he opens up the top of the thing. And he goes like, Are you boiling? At it, girl. Now, I got to ask you, do you guys talk to your food when you cook it? No. Do you go like, ah, there you are, you sweet carrots. How you uh, looking? That's a good sizzle skillet. <laughs> I already girl. know I'm a better cook than Artie because I can tell when a salt container is empty just by picking it up. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have to climb up and then shake it and go, oh, it's empty, and then get mad. I could just lift it and go, this feels empty. <laughs> this isn't right. Yeah. Uh, well, look, he's only a part-time cook, full-time offender. Yeah, okay. full-time moron as well. So two, <laughs> two jobs with this guy. So our incognito killer comes in, and we this is all like kind of shadow and just hands, so we don't know who it is at this point. It's POV cam. Yes. Yeah, Any, monster cam, man. Right. So killer cam. Killer, killer cam. cam. Much in the way of uh, Friday the 13th, the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was all shot mm-hmm. that way, too. Less heavy breathing, though. True. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> um, so the killer grabs the chair that Artie's on and threatens to pull it out from me. He's like, oh, kid, don't you do it. You son of a bitch, don't you do it. Like, again, just like goes to like, fuck it. Why not? When I get down from here to the moon. And you're like, you're going to be dead, man. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? First, he's like, oh, I'll get you ice cream. And he's like, fuck ice cream. When I get down here, you're dead. Yeah. Like, dude, wrong negotiation tactics. He's not good at this. So they pull the chair. Artie falls off the chair, pulls down the entire pot of boiling water onto himself. And this is our first kill of the movie. And it is gruesome. Yeah. Like Artie is like blistering and bubbling and his hands are up and he's screaming the whole time. It's so campy and stupid, but it's very horrific looking. He screams for three minutes. Yeah. It feels like just, <laughs> well, if you think about it, he was screaming and then they come and bandage him up. They're like, we cut to like the ambulance taking him away, all bandaged up. He's still screaming. Right. So he's so he screaming scream for, for 30, hours. 40 minutes. Uh, easy. And who long, knows how long it's going to take to get the, the, the ambulance out there. My but. favorite's when the doctor. He's like, oh, this is the best part. I got nothing for him. Every he must be in so much pain right now. There's literally nothing that could hurt worse than what he's going through right now. I can't believe how much pain. Every nerve of his body must be firing pain straight into his brain. You're like, okay, we fucking get it, dude. Did you write any lines? Are you just saying what we literally saw it, man? We were aware. Even the even Mel's like, okay, we get it. Yeah, like, calm doc- down. That doctor was improv in big time. Uh, and so they they wheel him out, and then immediately Mel goes. Ah, shit. What am I going to do? Hey, Ben, do you want a promotion? <laughs> and Ben's like, I wasn't thinking about moving up as a, as a job, but you know, like, I There's guess. Absolutely no bearing on the plot. But now we get to watch Mel start to freak out about like, oh, someone's going to hear about this accident and the kids are going to start coming. It's like, I'm going to pay you 50 bucks more and the rest of you guys 15, but nothing ever happened. Yeah. Okay. Keep it quiet. Well, this is where we're introduced to Mel's mind white powers, right? Yeah. He's, he's like, Ben, you didn't see anything, right? He's, he's a like, fixer. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I didn't see nothing, boss. Like, all right, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he hushes this one up, and as far as we know, Artie just left. In excruciating pain. I wonder if he screamed in the ambulance the whole way. <laughs> Even after he's fully healed, he's still just screaming. <laughs> then he went to go be a janitor at another camp and was set on fire. It was ridiculous. So. Oh, boy. So now we cut to uh, the bunks where the boys are hanging out, and it's like they're going to play a trick on this one kid. And I don't know if it's Mozart or if it's Paul. It's Mozart. Okay, Mozart. Mozart. And they're like, yeah. put a blindfold on. They're like, okay, we're going to hypnotize you, and you're not going to be able to sit up. The, the weight of us hypnotizing is going to be so much, you're not going to be able to sit up. Okay, on the count of three, try to sit up. And so he sits up. There's a kid like right at, standing right above him with his ass bare. Yeah. So Mozart just sits up right into this kid's ass, and they just love it. This is the greatest prank ever pulled in humanity, evidently. The, the counselor comes in. He's like, oh, the old mind over matter prank, huh? And I was like, ah, this is when people didn't give a shit. I would have beat the shit out of Mr. Ass in my face. Well, like, later on, Mozart pulls a knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a hunting it. knife on um, Ricky. So, I mean. Look, he's had enough shit. Look, be, be glad that Mozart kept this much respect. Restraint, okay? Yeah. Right, it is a 
shaving cream prank, which is a much later lower. On, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, then the but that's when he pulls cheeks. the knife on. Yeah, right. yeah. that's the that, Mozart. You're backwards, buddy. Yeah, the knife comes out when the ass comes out, <laughs> yes. not the other way around. He was gonna kill them kids. Then yeah, then we meet uh, Ronnie with the half shirt. He's like, hey, they're gonna, they're gonna play us in baseball. Like, get your stuff together. They've agreed. The older kids have agreed to play us, and the younger kids are stoked. They're yeah. like, what? They're gonna actually play us? Let's do this. And I do need to point out that this movie uses actual kids in the movie where mm-hmm. a lot of movies would be like adults playing 17 year olds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with that comes the confusion of I can't really tell who's a counselor and who's not because the age range is so much. Again, pure this camp. chaos. This place is bedlam. It doesn't matter who's counselor. I didn't know Meg was a fucking counselor until she died. <laughs> Well, the only reason I knew she was a counselor is because when they're playing volleyball later and Judy's wearing a shirt that says Judy on it, which I love. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah. She, Meg comes over and is like, Angela, if you're not going to play volleyball, you don't get to talk to boys. See, I thought which, she how was, was just, that a, how is that a punishment? I, <laughs> I thought Meg was just being an asshole. I didn't uh, know she was a fucking I thought counselor. she was like a junior counselor. I thought she was like, she's basically working her way up to counselor. Like she's been to this, this camp long enough. They're like, okay, you can take on some responsibility and eventually mm-hmm. you can be a counselor when you're old this enough. Is, Gotta be her first year. That that makes mo- so much more sense because later she's like physically assaulting them. Right. This is year one. Oh yes. If you're gonna make a camp movie, future directors, writers out there, if you're listening to this, do this for me. Make it easy for me to tell who is a camper and who is a counselor. All counselors, half shirts. Yes. <laughs> right. yeah. A dress code of some kind. Male and female. We'll keep it Which simple. Is probably okay. what they do in real life, I imagine. I so, think yeah. they would, yes. Dre- like a shirt. You know, maybe a full shirt, possibly a nipple shirt. Who knows? But you're right. I, I knew Ronnie was a counselor because he was wearing crop top 100 percent of the time. <laughs> the, the <laughs> and he also had like stubble. So, yes. Right. yeah. So we cut to the baseball game, which is happening now. And as Mark mentioned, we get to see this play out in almost real time. It is a very long scene. They place bets. You know, money's on the line during this ball game. Oh, yeah. There's so much betting going on in these like little league games. It becomes the Sandlot for a little bit. And I like that movie. So uh, that was good. And yeah. they cuss like we. We did back then, which I love. Like yeah. they are going hard on the insults. At one point in the middle of the game, they go, "No problem, Gino. This guy blows dead dogs. Just lay it in there. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill." Yeah, Bill. He's a little can we not agree is one of the greatest like comebacks ever. There's nothing you can say to that. No. <laughs> You've been put to bed. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> go to sleep, old man. <laughs> but these the young kids beat the shit out of the the um the adult kids. Even Mozart catches a pot fly. Yeah, he, what is he playing like a little like Norelco? Yeah, Norelco's some ridiculous a, a blade, video but, like, game, but Coleco, whatever. A tiger handheld of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he puts it down, catches a pot fly, so good for him. And then when the older kids lose, they start throwing their gloves and bats like they have just basically ended humanity. They are so mad. Again, zero to 100. Mm, they get some salt in the wound, though, because the little the, the younger kids are like, yeah, next time we should play a challenge. We'll ask the girls to play. I was like, oh, that, that burns. When in you're the a 80s, kid, yeah. that was the worst insult you could ever tell another boy. True. Yeah. You play like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> now we cut to a scene where we're in the rec hall and they're having like a dance, I guess. Yeah. Mm, like a little like, you know, like get, get together. together. And the older boys are going to basically, they've, they've noticed Angela is still staring off into the distance like a, uh, what was it, Mark? Uh, that would be a docile eggplant. There you go. 
And <laughs> they want to go skinny dipping. And that's like, the whole point of this whole scene is like, we need to get more girls involved in the skinny dip because a bunch of dudes is gay. <laughs> Which, though, <laughs> later, they're like, fuck y'all. We're going to go skinny dipping anyway. Yeah, yeah they, they lean right yeah. into it. And like, no 20 problem. guys just go skinny dipping <laughs> on their own. But anyway. Which that water looks freezing. So cold. I can't imagine if it was 14 dudes and me standing around going, well, flip you girls. We're going to go yeah. do it anyway. We'd jump in. Like, that wouldn't have happened in the no, 80s. it was like a... <laughs> but, but before we even get to that, they, they're like, oh, let's ask Angela so there'll be a few more girls. And they're doing it legitimately yeah. as kind of like a, like, ah, we'll fuck with her a little bit. So they, they, they go over there. One guy's like, hey, you know, maybe if you want to come with us to the lake. And Angela doesn't say shit. And then his friend, my hero, Mr. Loafers in No Socks, comes <laughs> and he's like, let a professional handle this. And then he steps in front of his friend. Throws that leg right on the bench. <laughs> so he got leg up, leans forward. I was like, all right, this is some good posture He's right here. Position. That's what you call a power move, <laughs> yes. John. I was like, he is a professional, I guess. Uh, but he swings and misses too. Ricky comes in in the fucking cowboy hat. Yes. We saw their bags when they left for camp. They were like handbags. <laughs> Where the fuck did this giant 20-gallon cowboy hat come from that Ricky is wearing? It's like the dude in UHF was like, take that silly thing off. It's that level cowboy hat. I bet he found it in Lost and Found. <laughs> yeah, my, It is the most outrageous cowboy hat I've ever seen. I, don't, I mean, I guess that's what they look like in the 80s, but as someone who's goes to like boot stores. I don't even know where you'd get a hat like aesthetic that. Aesthetic has not dictated that cowboy hats exist in this reality. Pretty no, much. He's wearing a t-shirt, short shorts and a giant cowboy hat. He looks ridiculous. Oh, it's but hilarious. He owns it though. He walks in with such confidence. He sees Angela getting harassed. Ricky, and Ricky knows what the fuck's up. Ricky yeah, runs his camp. He doesn't play. So, but he's like, someone's harassing my cousin. My spidey sense is coming off. He runs over there. He's like, leave her alone. And naturally it immediately becomes a brawl. Actually, John, let me correct you. The line is, you fucks, I'm going to beat your fucking asses in. Uh, much and more the 80s. counselor is holding him back, and he is, like, hulking out. He's, like, mm -hmm. ready to destroy these dudes. Yeah, and meanwhile, Mel and some of the other counselors are just watching this brawl happen. Only one of the counselors is trying to break it up. Oh, yeah, Mel's just like, whatever. Uh, boys will be boys. He's too busy, like, I It's and Mel Meg. and Meg, yeah, because yeah. they're, they're flirting at this. And when we say Meg is, like, 16 17 and and mel is like pushing what 75 he was 61 when he filmed this so okay well whatever the age range he was he was it was inappropriate but it was the 80s so don't think of a modern 61 year old it was the 80s <laughs> but look people aged hard back then i don't know if it was the smoking this the, wasn't the great depression john it was the 80s all look right? at that guy and look at like a 61 year old now you they, no, John is right. We, we're taking care of ourselves a lot yes. better than we did back then. There's no lead in the gas anymore. <laughs> we're not smoking. People are doing better. And Mel was smoking cigars in we every scene. We don't have that scene. 80s cocaine anymore. Yes. Right. He's not... He also... Man, Mel fashion connoisseur dude his pants are fucking baller <laughs> later he's wearing a yellow top with like blue pants oh. it just i was like what what is this color and he's combination? always like just chewing on a cigar yeah so so, uh, so that breaks up and then after all the dust settles paul um you know ricky's friend from earlier walks over and goes hey i'm sorry about that angela don't worry about them you know like 
You know, he's being very nice and polite and respectful to Angela. And he tells him about all the trouble that Ronnie gets in. Like, oh, last camp year, we trapped everybody in a cabin. Boy, did we get a spanking then. Like, yeah. bullshit like that. But she's eating it all up. You yeah, know? it's a very nice little meet yeah. cute. And so, um, you know what? This is the first time that Angela speaks. And yep. she responds because he's like, well, if you want to hang out or something like that, let me know. Good night. And she goes, good night. And he turns around and he's like. All right. Like, yeah. I got a response. She's not catatonic. <laughs> but, um, but like, it's like the miracle worker, you know? Right. Um, I think Judy spots them talking and she's oh, like, she does. We can't she have is, this. She like, is pissed. Now, yeah. I don't understand this. Now, I, again, I don't know why Judy hates Angela so much. Well, I think this is just jealousy. People are trying to take care of Angela because she's getting a little bit extra attention, right? And Judy cannot have that. She is the queen bee. So at her age, I understand lashing out. All attention on me or exactly. no attention at all. Okay, okay, I got Now, gotcha. Meg, totally different story. Don't understand that. But Judy, I, uh, Meg, I Meg is all about Judy. Judy, yes. Judy runs that show and Meg is just a muscle. I believe it. Uh, so right away, Judy is just like, oh, how dare she talk to somebody? It's not like she's even pulling away the attention of a certain boy. It's just any You know what boy. I mean? It's yeah. any attention, period. And it's just so much. And you're like, you wouldn't even notice her. Angela, she's not even a thing. She's just, you know, a, a wallflower. She's a young woman, Mark. Be, but be I'm saying, like, I know, I know. in terms Judy, of like yeah. kids hanging out at a camp, no one would even know her. Judy's pulling down that counselor ass and mm. she's worried about Paul? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Unless that was her whole thing. You know, it was all a ruse just to get Paul. I don't think so. But it was. No, she later on, she doesn't care about Paul. Now we cut to the pier where all 15 boys are like, (laughs) take your clothes off. We're going skinny dipping. And the girls are like. little something for the ladies. They're like, nah. And they're like, fuck you then. And they just go hopping and (laughs) having a blast. They're all dressed, so they could just back out. But they're like, you know what? We're going to skinny dip without you. No, you've committed to it. Yeah. I'm going to assume that they thought the girls would follow suit. They did not seem to care, though. No. They could be. They could not be bothered. No, they they were ready to jump in the water naked. Yeah. That was going to happen no matter what. They were like, if Look, the girls had never shown, they'd be in that water naked. We're going in the lake naked, with or without y'all. So yeah, exactly. But two of the other dudes are like, you know what? Let's get stoned and take one of these girls out on a little canoe trip because I guess they thought maybe something would happen out there. Right. And then all the girls are like, mm, don't want to do that either, <laughs> losers. And they're like, you know who would, though? Leslie. Leslie! She's yeah, like, what? Because Kenny and Leslie are the ones that go out on the boat. And he's all like, careful, don't touch the water. There might be snapping turtles or water snakes. And then he dumps them over in the water. And she's like, you fucking asshole. And starts swimming back to shore. I would never have been a good, I mean, I was never a good flirt. But I've been really shitty in the 80s. Where from every 80s movie we've watched, it seems how they flirted was just assaulting women. Oh, yes. The 80s, you either basically like... Like just basically verbally assaulted or you stalked until she came around. Yeah. Like this kid's idea of flirting is throw her in the lake. She'll love that. But you would be good at flirting, John, because every time we see it, it doesn't work. Oh, that's but, true. But it's all the boys think I'm going to pick on this girl till she likes me. And it's like, yeah. that doesn't, that's not how that works. Oh, uh, maybe I would have slayed back then. Just, <laughs> just treating them like human beings would have gone a long way. It was a different time, John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, Leslie is like, you fucking asshole. Swart swimming back to shore. And Kenny, who's like, who was the one who kind of like was picking on Angela earlier, asking her to go skinny dipping. Um, goes underneath the boat and starts talking underneath the upside down canoe to hear his voice echo. Well, because makes, why wouldn't you? But what makes no fucking sense is Leslie has already swam back to shore and he's inside the, the capsized canoe going, mm-hmm. Leslie, where are you? Yeah. Leslie. I and think he's just being a dick at that point, but yeah, he's not I, expecting I was wondering if back. they 
edited it out of sequence no, or something. No, I think he's just, because after that, he's all like, wah bop bop or whatever he's doing, <laughs> tutti-frutti inside the canoe and um, hearing it echo. And he's just having himself a blast. Again, he's stoned. You yeah, know? fair, This fair. is all good for him. And then, bubba boop up out of the water, underneath the canoe comes the back of someone's head. And he's like, what are you doing here? Man, the boys are going to wonder that you're out here. And then that person drowns Kenny. Which right away, you'd know it wasn't Ricky then. Why would the boys give a shit if Ricky was out there? Yeah. Well, you know. True. But also, I wonder, where was she? Under the water. <laughs> this she, whole time, she, just she, holding she's her a Navy, she's, she's an ex-Navy SEAL. I guess we're spoiling it by saying she, but yeah, she, she's an ex-Navy SEAL. Um, yes, no, that one it definitely is like, there's some plot hole there. <laughs> but but anyway. she drowns Kenny, and then Kenny turns up the next morning... With the, the water snake coming out of his mouth. Which was creepy. I didn't As I he didn't was alluding that. to all the water snakes. One of the counselors from zero to 100 is like, these fucking kids put the chairs in the water. God damn it. He's, throwing, he's like, get fucking Mel out here. Again, everyone is furious to be alive. <laughs> clean this. Clean that. Like, dude, it's your job. Just I'll relax. I'll show him. Yeah. Flips over the canoe, sees Kenny's dead eaten body because it's been eaten by snapping turtles and water snakes. Dude, I, I feel like Kenny. This was really gross, though. This actually looked Excellent scene, but like he decomposed like a week's worth. Well, he wasn't decomposed. They, the, the things were eaten off of him. Mm. That's the thing is he's eaten by he water snakes and snapping turtles. I, I just don't know that I buy. I think I think some of the seaweed got stuck okay, on Okay, fair enough. The fair lake enough. weed. Doesn't matter. You know, the lake, <laughs> the lake weed. weed. <laughs> seaweed. Give but you know what I'm saying. Lake weed. Paul is basically having kind of like a sit-down meet cute with An- Angela. So he's walking her back to her dorm after the um, the dance or whatever it yeah. is. And he gives her a little peck on the mouth or whatever. It's a super innocent kid. Yeah, kiss. that one's fine. And I she mean, just freezes up. Yeah, she's like, nope. <laughs> and so he does get real like, yeah. I need more. Then he makes her kiss him again before she can leave. Well, she didn't really, he didn't really make her. He kind of like, can I get another one? And leans in. He, he really leans she really on say her. say no. So again, fair if, enough. If was... we're going off cues, and granted, be more observant, Paul. But I mean, if we're going off cues, she wasn't like pushing him back and be like, no, dude, that ain't happening. Fair. So he's going to see how far he can go with this. And then after that, she's like, I got to go. Deuce's son runs yeah. to her dorm. And the next day they're playing volleyball, right? All the yeah. girls are playing volleyball and Angela's mm-hmm. sitting this one out because I guess she's not allowed or can't do physical activity. She chooses not to partake in anything. And that's Zero. really upsets Judy and Meg. How come she gets to sit over there and talk to boys while I got to play lame old volleyball over here? Yeah, because Paul comes up and they have a little conversation and Judy cannot handle that. Judy's got a side ponytail too. Let's oh, point that out. So 80s and incredible. So Meg comes over and is like, Paul, don't you have somewhere to be? And he scares Paul off and is like, Angela, if you don't want to play volleyball, then you can't talk to boys either. And really just just such a dick. to Honestly, ruined her whole summer. Yeah. And then the other lady counselor comes over and is like, you leave Angela alone. And I thought she'd play a bigger role in this movie, but her job is to mostly just hug Angela from time (laughs) to time. And now we cut back to the boys bunk where they're doing the shaving cream trick on Mozart where, you know, the typical put shaving cream in their hand, tickle their nose, and they go to scratch it, and they smash shaving cream in their face, whipped cream, what have you, some kind of cream. After this, Mozart does that, wakes up, pulls a knife. Just starts going hard, like trying to kill Ricky. Yeah, he was getting, he was ready to do some stabbing. And then Ronnie comes in. They're not pranking anybody else but Mozart. He's the butt of all the jokes. Yeah, poor You know what I mean? So he's probably fucking had it up to here. And who knows how many years this has gone on, too. True. Paul and Ricky are back for multiple years. Maybe Mozart was, too. He's like, this is the year I'm bringing a fucking knife. His real name's not even Mozart. He was probably really bad at the triangle and during one of their choir performances. Oh, you think it's an ironic name? Yeah, and he got the nickname. Okay. Oh, Mozart. Look, we got a real Mozart. 
Mozart here, you know? No he has the, some sweet Boris Vallejo like fantasy art above his butt, though. <laughs> right. No, in the 80s, that's definitely what happened. And so I, I assume that night he's like, I'm, I'm going to bed and I'm putting my knife over here. And if these kids fuck with me, I'm stabbing somebody. And so, he owned it. Yeah. So at this point, the counselors are like, well, wow, Ricky, you're getting in a lot of trouble. Like, it's not a big deal, but it's definitely kind of like, all right, you know, this Ricky kid's finding himself in a lot of situations. End of scene. We cut to the next day, and this is where everyone is, you know, yeah, as you said, when, like, you know, Meg was going hard on Angela earlier, she got in trouble for that, evidently, because now Judy in the the bunk, the girl's bunk, is like, we can thank Angela for getting Meg in trouble, and throws a pillow at her, and then goes and grabs it and is like, give me that. It's like, you threw it at her. Yeah, I know. It's so ridiculous. Meg got in trouble because she assaulted Angela for not wanting to go swimming. Yes, exactly. She just grabs her and starts shaking her. Why won't you answer me? I love that moment because it's just like, wow, zero to a hundred. So unprofessional. But so Judy is basically like pissed off at Angela because her her buddy got in trouble for this and she doesn't think she should have. And then that's when they're like, Judy just goes off. She's like, you know, why do you get to shower with everyone else? What are you, queer? And then like it starts going escalated. And then that girl that you said likes to hug Angela just to kind of protect her gets in the way. She's like, back off, Judy. And she's like, I remember what the line is. It's something like, like, no, she's a carpenter's dream. She's stiff as a board and needs a screw or something like Flat that. Flat as a board. Flat as a board and needs a screw. Yeah. And then she also like at one point is all like, what, you've got no hair down there? And I was like, was that an insult that girls said to each other? You've got no hair down there? Well, it's because she said that she hadn't gone through puberty yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Missed uh, that part. But I was, I was like, wow, what a lame insult. And then compared uh, to what the guys are uh, doing, yeah. <laughs> the guys are pulling <laughs> knives on each other and the girls are like, you haven't hit puberty. They're doing the best they can. So then the supposedly nice counselor slaps the shit out of Judy. Yes, yeah, slaps her. Everybody's just beating the shit out of everybody in this movie. Judy deserves it. Oh, very true. So yeah. Judy runs off and Angela's like, I'm going to somewhere else. I'll be back before night's out. And then the, the, the nice counselor is just like, so just so overwhelmed. She's like, can't say anything. She just slapped a kid. So Angela, well, yeah, she, she knows Fighting she's messed tears up. that she slapped a kid and it's like, no, she deserved not. it. I mean, yeah, because she's the only with a conscience and a fucking mind to this camp. <laughs> that includes the adults. <laughs> True. And Angela walks outside and gets pelted with water balloons. Yes. This is the water <laughs> balloon attack. And I love this moment because the, the boys on top of the house on top of the, like their bunk or whatever are throwing water balloons and hit Angela. Ricky, who happens to be walking out at the same time, sees this and loses his fucking mind. He just goes off. Now, out of all the things that could happen at a camp, a water balloon attack seems like it would be a pretty common thing. I would think so. So Ricky needs to calm his ass down <laughs> by a lot. He can't, though. He just doesn't know how. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You come down here and fucking <laughs> Yeah, he's so mad. And then Mel comes and he's like, all right, all right. Uh, no cantina privileges for any of y'all. Well, if you guys do this again, I'm going to kick you out. That too. And then he's like, and Ricky, you too, just for being around. No, for your potty mouth. For the shit. <laughs> you were talking just now yeah he's like what <laughs> oh we he's did forget we did forget to talk about like when they discover uh, kenny's body 
um, the cops show up. The coroner show oh, up and take yes. his body away. And the cops are like, well, I'm no professional, but I think he drowned. And it's like, you are exactly a professional. Well, he <laughs> like, says the autopsy will give no, more. I know, yeah. I know. And then Mel, and that's when Mel's just like Jedi mind wiping. He's like, yeah. no, no, he drowned. He obviously drowned. Well, look at the lake. Look at the kid. All right. Water death, drowning. I do want to say one thing about the construction of these cabins. Those roofs must be fortified because there was like 32 boys standing yeah. on top of the fucking roof of this cabin and it did not cave in. No, did not even really indenting. You got no. really Jersey there, Mark. You're yeah. like, it did not fucking <laughs> cave in. Listening to much sleepaway camp. Yeah. You watch this movie three times. <laughs> you get an accident. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And also, how did they get up there? There was no ladders. They gave each other the boost. <laughs> climb, uh, okay. climb a tree. All I don't right. know. I like Look, that. That's the magic of sleepaway camp. Don't There's, worry about it. They stepped all over Mozart to get up Also, there. how'd they get down? Hey. They're up you, there one scene. The John, next scene. you just said it. Forget about it. You're right. Okay? I, Forget about I, it. I want to see them all jump off the roof. <laughs> well, they're down on the ground in a minute because like, Mel's yeah. like, I'll kick you guys out. He's like, get down from there. They yeah. get down real fast. I wonder how, but they I guess you're right. Jump. They jumped. They did just you ever jump off roofs as a kid? No, actually. Oh, we did. Yeah. We get seems... on like our neighbor's houses and jump do, down. If you do a duck and roll, you'll be all right. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if I could duck and roll. Yeah. Just tuck the legs and then roll. Uh, mm, I'm not a jumper. Tune into our TikTok <laughs> where we make John jump off a roof. Uh, at this age, I already hurt my back. All right. You want me to Oh boy. Here we go. Oh, man, John's on his back yeah. again. So uh -oh. one of the boys that was involved in the water ballooning goes to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. He's going to take a wicked dump. A yeah. wicked dump. A real New York steamer. <laughs> oh. Now, of all the people who have bad things happen to him, I feel like this kid deserved it the least. No. That was a harmless prank. It's like I said, water balloon attacks yeah. are very common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I guess he also must be allergic to bees. Well, this is the origin story of Candyman. Yeah, <laughs> very so, much so. This, this so the, the killer puts a little stick in the the stall door so the door can't quote unquote open. But the stick looks like it'd be broken by looking at it too hard. Yeah, it's like the smallest broom handle you can think of. They were, I think, their Someone budget takes was... Mozart's knife and cuts open the screen door behind or the screen yeah. window behind him. Which I guess the bathrooms are ventilated with the screen windows, which is probably smart. Well, this isn't Mozart, is it? No, no. no but he, but he takes the knife, knife from oh, Mozart. I see what you're saying because the counselor took that earlier, right? And um, then basically takes a big was it. Hornets or bees? It, gets, it, it was matter, bees because when it pans over to the body, it's uh, a bunch of bees. Oh, okay, okay. And it's not even that big though. It's like fist size. The number of bees involved does not seem to correlate doesn't to matter. that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This death is great. So the this bees hive would have 13 bees in it. Yes. It's so small. And also no bees come out of the hive when she's sticking it into the... Doesn't matter. Hey, John, <laughs> forget about it. I can't. I try. Stop. For all the shit you headcanon, you can't headcanon one fucking thing in this movie? I'm headcanoning so much. So much. <laughs> Just to get here. This is All with right. me head Anyway, so this dude gets swarmed by bees, breaks out of the stall, falls to the ground, and his body is already swelled up pussed out like it looks like he's been attacked by bees for weeks the bees live inside him, <laughs> and they have exploded out of his skin there's like porous craters of the where the bees came from it's, it's like so gross looking no fucking way this would happen no but also awesome. why didn't he just crawl under the door this is a standard bathroom stall you know there's always that slat at the bottom where you can see people's feet stop I got drop this. and crawl that's yes. what they used to say that's right i got this one covered Bees stung him in the eyes immediately. First thing they went for. Does that prevent you from falling to the ground? Go for the eyes. He kept trying to uh, crawl under and he kept hitting his head on the toilet. He didn't know to turn around. Oh, God. You wanted some head cannon. There you go. I want you to put head cannon where it belongs, John, not on this garbage. Where? How? Okay. All right. Anyway, you know? forget about it. The, the, uh, the level of infestation. No, when you're allergic. Oh, the, ah. the allergen levels. The reaction. 
to bees this person must have must be just through the fucking Richter yeah. scale. Well, it was on the paper. He didn't even look at a bee. He's allergic to the sight of them. <laughs> that was on his medical report that yeah. no one was supposed to see. <laughs> he doesn't even want to see the second letter of the alphabet. That exactly. It's too fucking close. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't use the word bee in any sentences. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we cut back to, uh, to Paul and Angela and they're hanging out on the beach and um, Paul goes in. It's nighttime at this point and Paul and Angela kind of make it out to the little shores and they're having a little talk and Paul just goes for it. He's going to start making out with Angela and she's kind of sort of into it. She's not really like responding, but she's allowing this to go down. But then she snaps and she just kind of like tenses up and then she has a flashback. And this is where we get to see the scene of the, the dads from the first part of the movie, the ones who get hit by the boat, the one that leaves, I guess in bed together while the two children that got hit by the boat, um, snicker and watch are, are watching them have gay sex or whatever. So to some degree, and then we cut to the those same two kids in bed pointing at each other. And this is definitely supposed to be some kind of like, you know, like you or me and blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, once you kind of know what's up, it's a little foreshadowing. Also, but, every flashback is on some sort of soundstage with just black yeah, uh, behind yeah. the lit scene. It's like Brechtian in that aspect. Yeah. It's so weird. And then she like comes out and is like, no, don't touch me. Like runs off. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, bodily autonomy all the way. But you know what? Paul's got to be confused as fuck going, what am I doing wrong here? Yeah. Like he has no idea. She runs away and um, Judy comes over and makes a pass at him immediately after. She, she does make a comment of like, don't worry about her because the next day is we cut to the capture the flag and this is where the whole thing plays out where um, Judy is kissing Paul in the woods and Angela comes across it. Right. Ricky and Angela have a plan to go capture the flag where one's going to be a decoy where the other grabs the flag and run away. They come upon Judy and Paul making out. And Judy's clearly the instigator. She's she's making out with Paul. She's like, don't worry about that other girl, Angela. I got you. Blah, 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 blah. She's literally pointing it up. Now, I don't know if she expected Angela to see him in the woods or if this was just for her to say that, oh, guess what? I kissed your man. It felt a little too staged. It did. You know? A little too convenient in this aspect. But Angela sees them, and she, like, runs off, and Paul's like, Angela, no, it's not what you think. And then Judy's like, she's like, don't worry about that frigid chick. You know, like, I got this. But also, Judy's like, remember what you called her, Paul? A prude? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Paul catches up to her, and he's like, hey, it's not what you think. I'm sorry. She came on to me. And that's when she, Judy walks up and goes, no, no, no. Remember, you said this, 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 and this. And then Paul kind of goes, you bitch, and then runs off, and it's like, well, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul. What did you expect to happen here? You play with fire. And then my next note just says they throw Angela in the lake. Yes, because <laughs> she's like, she's like, I don't know what your problem is. You think you're so special, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so Meg and uh, Judy chunk her in the lake. She's like screaming. There's other counselors, other kids, and she's like, no, and they're just like, mm, don't see nothing. Look, I think the entire camp is in on picking on Angela because as she walks out of the water drenched, all the little kids are throwing dirt at her. <laughs> okay, so so, like, real, so real quick, they throw her in the water against her will, and again, to John, your credit, like she is screaming bloody yeah. murder, like somebody, and so Ricky hears it and goes to go after her, but Mel grabs Ricky because Mel now thinks Ricky's the one killing people. Right, because he's, he's fu- like, he's like, every time something happens to your your sister, your cousin, or whatever, you go to protect her, and these people go disappearing or dead. So Mel thinks it's Ricky because they did find the the dead bee kid too, and Mel's like, oh, I'm I'm ruined. All the kids left. There's only 25 <laughs> kids left in the camp right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and let's when, the the chaos at the beginning. There's at least 800 kids. Yeah, <laughs> so minimum. All of them. It's a small home. city of some kind. Yes. <laughs> so and so he's like, oh, I know who's doing it. Uh, and he's, he's you got, trying to ruin me? 
I'm going to ruin you, so you 11 year old. Ricky's trying to get to Angela. And then eventually Ronnie comes over and is like, no, what are you doing? Stop grabbing Ricky. God damn. <laughs> and so Ricky goes and gets Angela. And as they're walking out of the water. Now, this took me multiple times to catch Mark. These kids later on get killed in the forest. And I never remembered why those kids got killed oh, in the forest. The those oh. are the kids that were throwing sand at fucking Angela when they were coming out of the water. That's why they got killed. Those kids looked way younger than the ones they that go like on the camp out. six. Yes, right. I agree. But yes, th those are the kids that got killed because okay. they wronged Angela. I didn't catch that until like multiple viewings, but that's what it was. So the movie wants you to wants the viewer to kind of think, could it be Ricky? Could it be Angela? We don't know who is doing all the killing because the movie's still being very coy about that. Or could it be someone else? We really don't know. But yeah, it is definitely leaning heavily into the it could be Ricky territory. Yeah. And I guess it's nighttime now and, and Meg needs to take a shower. Well, because Meg, Meg has a date with Mel. She has the day off because yeah. yeah, she goes, she goes, Oh, I got a date with Mel tonight. And Judy's on board for this. I'm like, you should be there for your friend and be like, no, you can no, do better. Meg. Judy doesn't know. She Meg comes, Meg comes in and wants to take a shower. She's like, I have a date. And she's like, Oh, who? And she's like, it's a secret. Oh, okay. My yeah. bad. My bad. So Judy doesn't know. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't tell either. Yeah, I would. Why? But I don't know. Meg is so right. She is DTF, man. She's excited to be banging out Mel. Amped. So she goes to the shower. There's a long line. And she's like, well, I can't wait for this noise. So she goes next door to the abandoned, I guess, closed cabin because there's fewer there's kids. So, yeah, there's so few kids left. And yeah. it goes to shower over there. And as she's showering, a knife goes through the back wall of the shower and stabs Meg in the back and then gets like dragged down. And this this kill like really affects me because like it's like she's cutting her spine. Like I'm like oh ugh. just ugh. It'd be really tough to drag that knife through bone like that. Bone but and linoleum. Wow. Mm. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. But yeah, she just drags through it like it's butter. Yeah. Didn't even think no about that. Yeah. Then reach, reaches in, rinses off her knife. Very uh, environmentally conscious. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you don't want to leave blood on your knife. It'll rust it. And she and... turns the water off too. Oh, yeah. true. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to waste that hot water. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have probably just left the water running. Fingerprints, but mm -hmm. they don't get to that stage. So. Oh, yeah. No, if any cop dusted for anything, they'd know who did this immediately. Right. If we actually had any real police work done in this movie, it would be done by now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So after that kill, basically, Paul runs into Angela outside of, you know, the mess hall, I guess it is. And he's like, look, I'm really sorry. You know, like I didn't mean it. Yada, yada, yada. And then, you Angela know, goes, I'm sorry. Give me another chance. Come on. Come on, baby. It's your boy, Polly. Yeah. It's pretty much, <laughs> so you know me, like, come on. She's like, all right, meet me by the lake in an hour. Paul. She meant nothing to me, baby. Nothing <laughs> to me pretty at all. Pretty much what he says. Yeah. And Angela goes, yeah, meet me by the waterfront. And he's like, fuck yeah, I will. But first oh, she's yeah. got to do something. There's some kids that need killing who are going to sleep under the stars tonight. Yeah. yeah. Which we don't know. We cut to the kids going camping with one of the council counselors and then I'm like, what the fuck is this scene? The first couple times I saw it, I was like, why is this important to anything? And again, like, it wasn't I'm cold. I'm like, yeah, shut the fuck up, kids. There's two little wusses who fucking just can't zip up their sleeping yeah. bag. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Ronnie or whoever it is, is just like no shirt, crop top, <laughs> yeah. and like under the stars. <laughs> you know, it can't be that cold. No, it's summertime. And they're like, take us back to the camp. And he's like, oh, you motherfucks. Yeah, All like, right, then we'll go back. And then we cut away. And then they leave where... like three 
three or four other kids unattended <laughs> yes. while he drives these other kids well, back, to, go back camp. to the car. I was like, how far are they from camp? It You're must lying be, in the woods. We go camping. It must have been a long hike out to the middle of nowhere. Oh, must I be. Guess. But they took a car, obviously. Yeah, that's right. He leaves once again, irresponsible. He's like, all right, well, we'll leave these little shits here. I'll take these other two up. And it's like, why would you do that? But anyway. Yeah. So at this point, we cut back to camp. And this is where Mel is like walking around and he's all like, hey, uh, Judy, who's making out with a boy who hides under the bed. And he's like, have you seen Meg anywhere? We were supposed to have a date. And I was like, well, there you go, bud. And Mel's got his best golf shirt on. <laughs> Such a great outfit. <laughs> he's ready for the back nine. Uh, I am like 10 years away from dressing like Mel every day. <laughs> They're not even like coy or trying to hide this horrible relationship. If anybody was just paying attention mildly, they know that. <laughs> Look, evidently, old man looking for Meg. Meg is out on a date. Yeah, everyone went to camp. Evidently, in the eighties to fuck. I did not know this. I missed out. Evidently, Same. hence the back of the box. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to feel each other out. Yeah, they really lean into that in the back of the box. So, uh, so yeah. Then the boy from under the bed is like, you know what, Judy, you're kind of a dick. I don't want to be here. That's not what he says. He's like, you know what, I. I need to go. He's like, afraid he's going to get in trouble. And she yeah. calls him a fucking pussy. And but, I'm just like, wow, Judy, you were just not going about this right. I don't think he really was afraid, though, because when they're first kissing, she's like, do you have to kiss so wet? And it's like, oh, never. You think he's just done with Judy yes. at that point? He's okay, like, that's a possibility. Not worth it. I'll go find someone lower maintenance. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Yeah. With, with the way he can put his foot up on benches. My man has no problems. <laughs> you love that move. I don't. Is I love seeing it. Is that it. how you got your wife? Yeah, man. I put that foot right up and she swooned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I'm so anyway, happy she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Mel, Mel goes next door and um, finds Meg in the shower. He opens up the shower curtain and she falls out. So evidently she's been standing perfectly straight up after being killed. No, he doesn't even open the shower curtain. He's wandering. Oh, that's right. She's looking falls. around and it's just like, ah, <laughs> through the shower curtain. I was like, that's convenient. And then he goes, Oh God, Ricky did this to get back at me. And it's like, what kind of logic is this? You think Ricky killed this girl that you had a date with just to get back at you for being a dick to him earlier? Yes. That's exactly the logic yes. Mel goes with. That's his head cannon. And then we get Mel's Oscar worthy scene. I had him in my hands. I had, I let him go. Like, all right. But not again. I'll get him this time. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you've gone full snidely whiplash <laughs> yeah, here. And then now we cut back to my favorite kill of the movie. Judy is sitting in the dark, curling her hair. And Which the is killer. what you do at night at camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you curl before bed? No. I don't know. I, or straighten. I, maybe, I don't know. It looked like a curler. It was a curling iron. Yeah. Okay. And then the killer walks in. And she goes, oh, it's you. What are you doing here? And you think they would just call her by name at this point, the person by name at this mm -hmm. point, because they know who it is. That person walks up. Oh, it's you. Pow, punch, gets knocked out immediately. Like Rocky, man, she's laid out. Judy goes down hard. A pillow gets put over Judy's face. And then in silhouette, we see the hot curling iron picked up and lowered. And then we see Judy's hands shoot up in the air and her scream through a muffled pillow. So the curling iron went where, Garrett? Oh, you know it where it went. There's only one way for Judy to die, and that is curling iron into the JJ. And that'll kill a person? I don't know if it'd kill a person, but it definitely cause some damage. I also wonder if if my body is being damaged in any capacity or if there's something blocking my airwaves. My hands don't shoot straight up and do nothing and twitch till I well, die. You should just have fingers. magic fingers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I might actually try to stop the damage no. to my body. 
Judy, though, is so Judy's down to experiment, though. Maybe she was like, let's see where this goes. Judy can't believe anybody would have the audacity Whoa. to attack her. She, her mind can't even wrap around what's happening right now. Okay. This is not even happening right now. Yeah. She disassociated, <laughs> and that's the problem. So Judy evidently, well, the thing is, in the sequel, Judy's not dead. Well, yeah, I guess she's just really injured. She just gets really fucking injured. Oh, does Art Artie come back? Because he wasn't dead no, either. No, Artie, Artie doesn't come back later. Okay, that's probably for the best. But they show her body go under the bed. Like it, the bed moves slightly and their legs are gingerly yeah, placed the, and then pushed aside. The, the killer side. pulls the bed out so her body falls behind the bed Passed so she's not found. So Judy's not dead? No, Judy's not dead. Do they say that? Uh, in the sequel, they never, in she the never comes official. back in the movie, right? No. Not in this movie. Well, she's passed out under the bed in this movie. She's, she's sealed shut at this point. And uh, oh. <laughs> let that let that imagery sink in there, listeners. But you're telling um, me that Judy is lives to see another day. Yeah, I think it's the Judy like unofficial sequel where she's back or something like that. But I can't remember if she's in Return to Sleepaway Camp. Or that anything. almost feels like a fan film. I feel that, like that is a fan film. But I'm just saying, like the Return. Like Judy's I think dead. She's, someone look up IMDb and find out if she's in Return to Sleepaway Camp. Since you're gonna bust my balls. No, on no, this. I, I we're know. Going, no, we're going to the books, baby. I know the existence of the thing you're talking about, but I think in the terms of the first movie, didn't people just assume she's dead, or is well, there a seems, line in the movie? I that think says they she's not dead. Well, within the film, if only using the film as your resource, yeah, she seems very dead. Yes, that's yeah, what I'm getting. Yes, at. I mean, I assumed she was suffocated to death, but you know, I do not see Judy <laughs> listed in the Return to Sleepaway Camp movie. So Judy is gone, as far as we know. Maybe she died from the shock. Yeah. Sleepawaycamp.fandom.com says Angela couldn't take it anymore and finally killed Judy with a hot curling iron and suffocated her with a pillow in the cabin. Suffocated her. Okay. Mm. All right. There's a Jenny in return. Maybe that's who you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyway, Eddie comes back to the little kids that he left in the wood because at this point they're finding bodies and the camp counselor's like, all right, everybody, let's go find out what's going on. Gather everybody up and let's do this. So Eddie goes back to find the kids completely killed, the ones that were throwing sand at Angela and this movie slaughters children like little kids mm -hmm. not teenagers not like young adults just mm -hmm. kids don't throw sand that's the message <laughs> and so that dude's like he vomits and runs back they're like okay gather everybody up we got to figure out what's going on here Ricky gets up and he's like I had a stomach ache I want to go get something to eat real quick and goes back to the mess hall and on the way back Mel finds him. Oh, yeah. Mel finds him and then drops him to the ground and starts beating him like an, a, a great ape trying Dude. to destroy a fucking like <laughs> stuffed bear. It was it's like Ricky owed him money, man. He was beating <laughs> <laughs> <you> him. <laughs> he owed him a lot more than that. He owed him all the money from the <laughs> camp counselors. I didn't think Mel had it in him. No, Not I didn't to either. beat a child like that. Well, I thought he, I, at first I thought he was dead. I was like, oh man. Cause he's like, I got him. I fucking got him. And I'm like, did you just kill Ricky? But I later on, also, Ricky comes too. I also thought Ricky was dead though. Cause he beats him. I mean, he beats the shit out of him. I mean, human beings can take quite a licking, but man, this dude, he's, he's like pounding his chest. Like I said, like an ape, like trying to yeah. smash open a coconut. And then he wanders off in his child beating fugue state and wanders <laughs> right in front of an archery target. And then you see Angela there just twirling well, you see a shadowy figure. Yeah. But yes. Well, at this point, you know, No, I know, but I want to make sure the listeners know that the movie doesn't right. explain who it is yet. And he now, for some reason, thinks that that's the killer. He's like, oh, no, it's you. How could it <laughs> yeah. been you? Yes. He, he, he's like, oh, I blew it. Yeah. But like, how do you know that? I guess because she's pointing the bow and arrow, but was she already? She was twirling the arrow in her yeah. hand as he was doing his, oh, no, How? it can't be you. My man How Mel is it you? Whoever <laughs> Mel saw last is the killer. <laughs> <laughs> Meg's the killer. Yeah. But how is she permanence. also dead? <laughs> Dude, and then stabbed in the back. Huh? Mm. 
So at this point, Angela goes and meets Paul on the beach, and Paul's like, "Well, just to, Mel gets an arrow through the yes. throat." Yes. Okay, I thought we said that. Already. And then he drops. Mel yeah. looking at himself in the mirror. Am I the killer? <laughs> <laughs> How could it be me? I don't remember all that killing. Huh. He did it to get back at me. It was me the whole time. Um, so yes. Yeah, so at this point, Angela goes to the beach, and she's like, "Like, hey, Paul," and he's like, "What do you want to do?" And she's like. Take off your clothes. And he goes, oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, no questions asked. Like fucking Kool-Aid man excited levels. Finally, it's Polly's time. Yeah. He was he was, <laughs> he was half naked before he finished saying, yeah. Like, that's how fast he... <laughs> His shit's Velcro. <laughs> yes. Caraway clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, the camp counselors are gathering everybody up. And a cop from earlier shows up. At this point, though, in the filming, he had shaved off his mustache. So he has to wear a fake mustache in this oh, scene. Is the worst. Oh, it was tremendous. So, man. so fake mustache cop is like running around. They're trying to find like where everybody is. I hope like I, I wish it there's a scene where it just sort of falls off. Like <laughs> he's got falls one half just so yeah. That'd have been awesome. And so as everyone's running around trying to find the kids and get everybody back together, uh Ronnie and uh one of the other counselors, one of the female counselors, uh runs up to the beach and they see Angela sitting on the beach um with uh Paul and she's stroking his hair and humming and she's like mm-hmm. And they're like, Angela, is that you, Angela? And then at we, that point, we get a flashback. Yes, we get to get we get to see Crazy Auntie one more time. Oh yes. boy! And basically, she explains that we already have a boy in the family, so you have to be a girl. Yes. So the 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 big crux surprise is is that earlier in the movie, when the two kids, the boy and the girl, on the boat get hit by the the other boat, like you think that the girl survived. But in actuality, it was the boy. But Aunt Martha was like, well, my husband left and I've already got one boy. So we'll just make you a girl. So Aunt Martha against Peter, Peter's will, which is the name of the young boy, turns Peter into Angela and then raises her as a girl. Angela, that probably means angels. Yes, I'm absolutely certain that's what it means. I, I love when she says something and then like puts her like her yeah. fingers to her chin and looks to the side and is like, Yes, I do believe that's what I mean. And then looks back and continues her sentence. Could you imagine talking to anybody who did that in real life? It would be maddening. Uh, A cough. I think that's pneumonia. Yes, I'm absolutely (laughs) sure it's pneumonia. That's when I put in AirPods and pretend I can't hear you. Again, to Mark's point, I would also go to this doctor every week just to find out what diagnosis I could get. Yes. Have you tried rubbing cheetah blood on it? That might work. (laughs) Yes, I do believe cheetah blood's the answer. That is definitely the ticket. (laughs) So you find out that Angela was actually Peter and has been raised as a girl, which has kind of fucked her up. And then at this point, Angela stands up. Paul's head has been severed off his body, rolls to the ground. The counselors go, oh, my God. And then they basically see Angela, who is now turned around, holding a knife, fully naked. Mouth agape. Yeah. Making this, like, god-awful <sighs> kind of noise. And I don't know if we should just add that in or we should just keep our garbage version. I like this version. Either way is good, yeah. And, um, and we slowly pan away. And as we slowly pan away from her face, making this horrific face, which is actually a, a latex mask over a dude. Oh, um, I knew. I mean, obviously I knew it was fake. I was like, I wonder how they did this. Yeah, if it's they a, just it's had a mask her, that like, a skinny dude was wearing. Uh, uh, you see that Angela has a little dick. Yeah, full junk, full kid junk, man. And then the counselor goes, she's a boy. How is this possible? <laughs> like, all right, thanks for driving it home, Ronnie. <laughs> and we cut back to Angela's face. We freeze frame. We fade to green. And we hear the shittiest song ever written. Angela, my love for you is like a fire. Or however it goes, I can't do it justice. Mm. I think that's, and that's perfect. the end of fucking sleepaway camp. Again, 
And that, that crazy intense music from the credits at the very beginning is what's playing during the reveal of Angela being a boy killer. To really bring it, wrap it back around. Oh, yeah. The whole book in those motherfuckers. Continuity. I like it. Now, upon further inspection, the nude male at the end of the movie could not have been Angela's, Felissa Rose's frame. It was way too thin. And oh, that, yeah. That, that person was way too muscular. Didn't make any sense. But you know, I, I let that one slide. I was like, yeah, obviously they're going to have a, you know. And, uh, well, that was shocking. Imagine, since it was a kid, they couldn't, like, show it, so they had to get, like, a full-grown-ass man. It was a college person. Oh, so it was a grown-ass man? It was a college man, and so according to the trivia, hold on, I have I would have liked to see, like, a 45 got chest hair. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's a magic of cinema, you know? Patch of gray pubes. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) Why has this guy got a beer belly? Oh, man, hold on. No, they pulled the kid off the street. And they're like, hey, you want to make some money? Is kind of how it happened. Whoa. Yeah, and his name is something Liberace. I assumed yeah. it would have been like an eight, like exactly 18-year-old. I would not have guessed it was a college kid. Uh, I guess good for him. You mean 18 and in college. Oh, that's true. That, yeah. You, yeah, you know, you're totally Doogie right. Hauser, duh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Sleepaway Camp. It is a banger of an 80s garbage. Well, I hope movie. all you listeners watched it before we spoiled it for you because it is quite a ride the first time. And if you didn't, please get back, get, get back <laughs> at us and let us know how your experience was listening to this podcast because I would love to know your thoughts of Sleepaway Camp having never seen it. We do need to touch on what you were hinting at at the beginning, that this is a little problematic in today's time. Basically saying that you're going to go crazy if you are forced to live in a certain gender role that is not what you want. To be fair, being forced to live in a gender role that you're not can make people have problems. And again, that's the whole reason why we are being more progressive about letting people like, you know, do what they need to do. But but that it would make you a murderer. Yes. Agreed. It's the same thing with like with the people had a problem with like uh, Silence of the Clan. Silence of the Clams. (laughs) (laughs) That's the porn parody version. Um, Silence of the Lambs, uh, where they're basically like, oh, he's, you know. But that's different because that person chose. No, it is different. But I'm just saying like this movie does have like, you know. I, okay. A lot of people take away like a really like kind yeah. of like, oh, that's not good. And it's like, eh, I if think you force someone to do something they're not supposed to do, then yeah, you can make them go fucking right. nuts. It is possible that it, to have that kind of break. It's not like Angela chose to do this and then that made her become a murderer. This was inflicted on her. I think that's a different But on journey. surface level, people can see this as being like... Yeah, but if you can't engage with media for five seconds... I agree like, with you. I agree on. with you. Consider when this came out. Consider the temperature of America on homosexuality and trans people, right? It's more than likely that it was saying, because this person is a trans person, they are a murderer. Fair. You know what I'm saying? Or more capable of, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how we're trying to explain away the the murderous nature. Now, to be fair, I don't want to put words into Robert Hiltzik's mouth. If that's not what he intended, then fucking cool. Like, again, we're not trying to say that's what he was going for, because he may have actually, like, put thought into it like we are and saying... Forcing someone to do something they're not supposed to do can make them go nuts. Yeah. So, but I think a lot of people who don't know how to engage and analyze and think beyond just like, you know, black and white may have missed the point of some of this. Plus, Aunt Martha, God, right. you have that as a mother also going through the being forced to be something you're not. You're gonna go crazy. Yeah, it'd be surprised both of those kids are murderers. <laughs> Ricky's like three more snaps away from killing somebody. Well, was so. Ricky the murderer in Return to Sleepaway Camp? I don't know. I've never seen that movie, and I never will. The answer is no. Oh, <laughs> that would have been a good turnaround. Despite that, 
I still would recommend this movie. I think this is a good time. It's silly, ridiculous B movie schlock. It's got a fun surprise ending. If like you're not expecting it, you don't know about it. You're kind of like, whoa, that's what they went with. That is absurd. Um, just everything about this movie is absurd, but they play it so seriously. And to be fair, for the the money it, it costs to make, this is a pretty well made film. I would agree. Those blisters at the beginning were incredible. So yeah, that well was done. Like through tubes, and they put like pudding or gelatin ah. to like pulse underneath it, so it like they were about to pop. That was hella impressive. The practical effects in this are really really good. The arrow, eh. but they're there really were some good, good they're ones. They're not Savini level, but I mean, come on, for the uh, '80s, yeah, uh, a low budget, three hundred thousand dollar film. It was impressive. It was well done. Give credit where credit's due, John. I did. I said I like the blisters. <laughs> Give it again. I like the blisters. I like. Let's fight. Uh, Give it more credit. The snake, you know, from the. Listen, you fucking asshole! I'll fucking end you. Do you understand? Me? That's my kid co-host. <laughs> How '80s of us. Uh, I I'd recommend this movie too, even though it's even though you hate it. Well, I don't hate it. I just would rather watch other movies. I, okay. I would never put this movie on just to have on, if I'm being honest. Would you but, care to watch Skin Marink? No. <laughs> I'd watch this over that for sure, because this does have some fun scenes, and it it's really walks that so bad it's good line so closely, so I, it's it's actually fairly watchable, all yeah. things considered. I put this on death spa level. Yeah, the I would as well. The acting's so bad, the story's so fucking absurd, but everyone is just going hard as hell. It's got some cool, crazy shit. The kills are always entertaining. It just overall, it's a fun fun time yeah now i want a crop top so <laughs> oh we should make a crop top no we shouldn't oh i don't want to promote that lifestyle i do i want to see all of our fans in crop tops wait let me take that back let me rephrase that we're gonna get some weird dms hey yeah. go for it man what else do you do you we'll do a calendar oh the grave top crop top calendar it's half a year yeah well <laughs> well we'd each, we'd each get four months so think of four different crop top poses uh, i don't want to be involved in this <laughs> you can wear the short shorts if you want okay yeah All right. crop tops and jeans yeah, i'm back crop in well, listeners, have you seen Sleepaway Camp? Why don't you let us know what you think about it on our social medias? We've got a Twitter, a almost said a Fandango. We do not have a Fandango. We've got a... Are we going to buy Fandango? Is that what <laughs> yeah. this is? We've got an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook. If you have any recommendations you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Any cold open ideas, we're always open to suggestion. Garrett, what are we doing next time? The next movie we have to do has not been decided. So, with that being said, it's finally going to happen, you sons of bitches. We're doing Bone Tomahawk. Oh, it's time for the. Nah, bone. I don't want to do that one. <laughs> Fuck yes, John. Thank you. No, we're gonna. Well, we might as well do Bone Tomahawk. Y'all have been patient, um, and we will talk about this film. Okay, it's finally happening. Everybody, get Bone Tomahawk watched, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. What if we hate it and we all hate it, and whoever requested this is gonna be so pissed at us? We lose a listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two they've been waiting five years to find out we hate their movie we'll tune in next time to see what we think oh thanks. boy thanks for joining us